Hey everyone, this is Michael Drain from the Unpopular Culture Podcast. You are listening to the BS Podcast Network. Hope you enjoy the show. All right, Lee, whenever you're ready to start right, this thing ready? Off, let's, baby. let's give it a shot. We're going to see what happens. All right, go for it, buddy. All, All right. right, uno, dos, tres. Cuatro, cinco, cinco, seis. Jumbo, everyone. Harambe. And welcome to another edition of the, the Magic, Magic Our Way Podcast. Podcast. Uh, I'm not gonna do that intro. By the way, <laughs> not, <laughs> not gonna you. work. Quitter. Uh, uh, you're making fun of a sick man. Yes. Well, no. This is how Kevin sounds when he's sick. We're all sick men. <laughs> Kevin's not feeling well. Kevin's no, a little Kevin underwear. has some kind of strep throatitis. He's got kryptonitis. I think is what it's called. Where I think it's lastovikitis. Yeah, so something like that. It just seems it seems to spring up whenever you're here. He ain't at Bucky's. You <laughs> 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 got Buckitis. By the way, dude, I'm enjoying the uh, Bucky's corn. Have at it, sir. yeah, man. It's all good. It's all good. So yeah, we're gonna give this a shot tonight and let uh, let Lee host tonight, and uh, we're gonna see how this goes. Why you egomaniac? You're already yeah. referring to yourself in the third person, right? So he's hosting. I am hosting tonight. We're gonna Police. see. I don't know that. You haven't you heard? Lastovica Mania is running wild. What a wow, brother. Brother. I'm bringing the Buckies, brother. <laughs> no, you're rolling. Book your trip. Step into a beef jerky. <laughs> Step into a Buckies restroom. <laughs> How about you step into an intro over there? Come on. <laughs> All right. To Time to play the podcast. Not That's so easy over there, is it, Lost of Hey, no one said it was easy. Trust me. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not doing this because it's easy. I'm just doing this because... Uh, it's like, it's like Deadliest Catch right now. <laughs> World's worst game show. All righty. And that voice you just heard is... Eli. So now I get to find Eli's thing here, and then well, I get to play you it. two need to be alone. Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, Excelsior. Excelsior. <laughs> so. Leave his Puyat alone. He's got the Kevin vibe. He's putting the, he's putting the mojo on me. You just introduced me, so I just say my piece, and then... Don't no, I need to find your thing. So where is it? <laughs> uh, it's right here, oh, attached to me. That's what <laughs> she said. That's what she said. It's been a while. <laughs> You want to see it? Here it go. <laughs> want to hear it? Here it go. All right, step twenty feet back. Okay. All right, let's give this a shot right here. All right. You know, 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 you know. You know the story's all about the glory. Yes, and that lovely voice you just heard is Eli, our comic guru. How you doing, Eli? I'm good. I'm glad you found my thing. All I'm right. glad I did, too. <laughs> Anything to help? Always, always good to be here. Always good to podcast. Always good to talk to But we can forever. Forever, ever? Ever, ever. So and fresh and so clean. For fresh and so clean, clean. <laughs> and, uh, well, who else do we have on the show today? We got Danny, but Danny doesn't have an intro. So here, you can have mine, Danny. Oh, can Show I? Me the money. Yeah. Here comes the money. Here we go. Here I go. There it is. Here comes the money. Hey, it must be the money. Show me the money. Mr. Yeah. DJ White Cheddar. 
Mr. I don't know. What is your nickname, uh, Danny? You want a nickname? Uh, Smarter Than Lee. (laughs) (laughs) I'll go with that. (laughs) Mr. Smarter Than Lee. Still can't run the board. But But giving it a try. Giving it a shot. Because it's so easy, huh? Mo Weekend. How you doing there, host? (laughs) I'm the hostess with the brokest. Mr. Mo Weekend. Mo Weekend. Oh, man. What a night. What a night. We just got started, too, so it's going to be an interesting evening. Have you rubbed your beard all over Kevin's mic by now? Hold on. Let me see. Leave him your essence. (laughs) Leave some beard oil on this mic. There you go. Kevin ain't got enough funky diseases. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if... uh, if I really am his kryptonite, he's going to be in trouble. <laughs> he, he thought he had his fill of itis. <laughs> Get ready, pal. There it is. But oh, it has been man. that bike. And if you didn't figure that out right, we also have Aaron on the show tonight. He is uh, going to provide comic relief uh, for the evening. What a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you're here for, is to provide Dude. comic relief. Dude, you you got your fans. They're probably like, yeah, everyone's clamoring right, right now. there to the, like to the bike right now. They, they want to hear what you got to say. I believe I have one fan. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? You have a fan right here hosted the show. That's right. I That's was right. the original fan. Yes. Oh my boy, dude. I, look now, me and Leah even tighter. I was most impressed by that. The uh, weird science that, references. Well, oh, the, well, the length of the, the beard. The length of the beard. I mean, we're getting into like. He's going to have Moses territory. I was going to say, don't fire him up too much. If you you start like shooting ducks or (laughs) (laughs) quoting the Bible at dinner table, you'll you'll have your own show at this point. That is like getting ZZ Top's special. You're giving him props for the beard. It's giving me props for for bad hygiene, basically. As long as as long as it's on Kevin's mind. <laughs> <laughs> We're lucky to be able to record with Lee tonight because after this, he goes back to his regular job of running Hogwarts. <laughs> <laughs> I bring you the fifteen. But we are all here live. There is no, no Skype. There is no anything. That's right. That's Come true. on, double dork. Yeah, give us a podcast. All right. So this is the deal, man. Uh, we're going to have a fun show tonight. It's going to be poor hosting, but good material. <laughs> that's all we can promise. So. Way to sell it. That's right. That's how we roll. So tonight we're going to be talking about, how do we want to frame this? The Iger effect, the yeah. Eisner effect. E- East versus West. The <laughs> Disney Tupac Civil. versus Biggie. That's Woo! right. It's all <laughs> Predator versus Alien. Wow, yes. It's the Star Wars, Darth Vader versus Skywalker. I don't know. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's all like Bucky's popcorn up in here. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, what we're going to be doing tonight is we're going to be comparing one. Uh, I don't know. I can't remember how many shows ago it was, but I kind of teased that at some point in time, we'd be doing a show about who's been the better CEO, Bob right. Iger or Michael Eisner to date. Now, Clearly, we're already into a little bit of a quandary here because uh, Bob Iger has not served nearly as long in this position as Michael Eisner. But we feel like... But not we, yet. I mean, he keeps dodging retirement. So, you know... Just like Mike used to do. Hmm? So. Yeah. Everybody want to be like Mike. Yep. Uh, but, yeah. So, this time, uh, there's a couple of different ways we could slice this up. For today, we're just going to take a look at the theme parks, and, and specifically the Walt Disney World theme parks. We may be touching upon a little bit of the other parks, but I mean, if we really were all-inclusive, we would be here for a long time. And so what, that's what we're going to do. We're going to look and see uh, the theme park in comparison, who's been the better CEO for the theme parks, 
Bob Iger, or Michael Eisner. So, with that being said, uh, enough of our jibber-jabber. Let's go make some magic. All right, Mohicans, that sound means we are on the hub. And tonight we are going to do the Battle Royale, Iger versus Eisner. Eisner versus Iger. 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 Eisner. It's Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> and so this was uh, Danny's idea, uh, his idea that he came up with for his show. Yes. Danny, you want to break down the categories for us? Yeah, I sure will, Lee. Uh, so first and foremost, we're going to go ahead and take a look at who added more to the parks. And again, we're, we're focusing mostly on the, on the Walt Disney World theme parks because to include Shanghai, Disney, Hong Kong, Tokyo, Disney Seas, I mean, this would take a while to go ahead and do. And a lot of these attractions will overlap, well, with the exception Tokyo, Disney Seas. But uh, yeah, we're going to start off with the uh, park additions, who, who's added more to the theme parks, Bob Iger, Michael Eisner. And then from there, we're going to look at uh, who has done more for the theme parks in terms of park services, you know, like Dining Plan, Photo Pass, um, uh, the, the, the Fast Pass Plus, all that kind of stuff. We're going to take a look at who did it better. We're going to take a look at the IP, the individual IP that um, Bob and, and Michael obtained for rides, attractions, shows, meet and greets, that kind of thing. And lastly, we're going to look and see who's done the best job at upholding the magic, up- upholding Walt's legacy. So those are the four categories we're going to be looking at, and we're going to be starting off with the, the theme parks. And I thought it'd be fun to go in reverse chronological order here. Let's start with the last one that was created. Let's start with Animal Kingdom. And uh, to me, at first glance, this would seem to be pretty much a slam dunk for Eisner, as it's one of the parks that he grew up in. Yeah, himself. yeah. yeah. He helped approve all the designs and everything that went into it. Uh, so he was very much involved in the design of this park and the attractions that went in it. However, uh, whereas Eisner Green lit a lot of this, Animal Kingdom has been a, a half-day park now for a long time. He was kind of content in what he did originally and really didn't add that much to it. The next big attraction we got over Animal Kingdom really after opening was Expedition Everest, and that <clears throat> opened when Bob Iger was in charge, whereas in that time frame that Bob Iger's had control of it, he's done a lot to make it more of a full-day park. He did the, the nighttime safaris over in the Animal Kingdom. He did um, Pandora, which can be visited at night. He did the um, Rivers of Light, the, the, the nighttime show over in the Animal Kingdom. Those are just a couple of things that pop into my mind, but he's done a lot more to make Animal Kingdom a full-day park. So now we're going to go ahead and take a look at it and see who we feel contributed more to the Animal Kingdom, Bob Iger or Michael Eisner. Is anybody just jumping in here? Yeah, it did. Like double touch. All right. You want to go first? Go first. Well, I just didn't want to step on somebody's parade, but I mean, you know, just looking at things, the way it's laid out. This guy came in, Iger. I'm talking about Iger. Mm-hmm. The place was laid out for him. It uh-huh. was put together. All of the major attractions were already in place. Kilimanjaro Safari supposedly was going strong. Let's see. What do you have on this thing? Let me just make sure it's oh, you completely right. The data that I have is 98. So it all mm-hmm. opened in 98, right? Yes. Okay. So nothing of any substance started until the rivers of light in 2017 mm-hmm. i mean 
how many years do we have to go? I mean, we're we're, we're getting into ridiculousville. Ridiculousville. You know, <laughs> we're getting into live. like thirty years, right? Almost. I'm. I, no, never mind. I'm sorry. My addition's terrible. We're getting into twenty years, and we're talking about nothing really happened at that park for twenty years. Mm-hmm. And that's my biggest argument because when I really look at what's there, and uh, just my own personal experience since two thousand four to present. Um, I haven't been there since 2017, so I haven't been mm-hmm. able to experience Pandora, the whole Pandora, Pandora yeah. or the or the flights of passage. I feel like even if I did and I really liked it, I would say it took that long to come up with that. Mm-hmm. Really, from the time that we started going there in 2004 till probably a good like 2010, mm-hmm. there was so much. So many things that were coming about that were new and that were being created, and there was always something to look forward to. Whether it was a hotel, whether it was a ride, whether it was an event, there was so many new things. There was always something new on the horizon. So if you got bored with one aspect of Disney, something else picked up your interest. That died. And, and this is just a microcosm. This is just one little location that serves as a microcosm mm-hmm. of that. I mean, when you look at if you look at our list and our data and our, and, and everything we looked up, and you start going like, dude, 2006 Expedition Everest, and nothing of any real substance, of any real substance until 2017. Yeah, yeah. dude, that's dead. That's sitting on your ass and just <laughs> and just saying. We are all. Why are you so fat? What are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Right. It's like, we're so awesome. Everybody's going to continue to come. And and that's completely just neglecting and taking things for granted. I don't know. That's just my opinion. Well, I mean, I think too. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Lee. I just want to make one quick. You take flights of passage out of this Iger list, and you're left with Expedition Everest. Really, and Expedition Everest really was something that was greenlit while Michael Eisner was right. In just happened like in between. Yeah. Just happened to open on Iger's watch. Yeah, which is I, why. I mean, honestly, Lee, this is why I don't give this one to Iger because I went there in 2004 the, for the first time when with my kids. Right, that was when my son was real young. My daughter was first born, and it was already under construction. So the right. idea was there. They spent the money. The money was there. It, it yeah. was just a matter of getting it built. So it goes back to that analogy, and I'm not going to go into depth on it because there's probably a lot of people on here that's not like big college football fans, but like mm-hmm. why LSU had a decent, because we're Louisiana people, why LSU had a decent football team for a long period of time and it died off. It all came about because one person had a great vision and, and put a lot of improvement into the program, which was Nick Saban. And you've seen what he's done at Alabama. He's dominant at Alabama. Why? Because he's good at what he does. I don't know if Michael Eisner is any Nick Saban as far as CEOs go, but I will say this. I, I, obviously, you're going to find out from the show. That <laughs> I think he's far superior to Iger, and I think – that Iger was able to um, survive or just well, okay, kind of piggyback, yeah. piggyback. piggyback and right. just live off of the the things that he put into effect for a number of years. Mm-hmm. And that's my point with the 2017 implementation of the first newest rides. I mean, come on. I mean, how long with that? You got to you got to get off your tail and do something to keep yourself 
relevant. I mean, where in the hell, when you got Universal competing with you with crazy-ass Harry Potter stuff that at the time was substance, if you go back to like 2014, 15, how are you going to compete? If you're not doing anything and you're waiting and you're waiting and it takes you forever to, and I've, you know, we talk about it on other shows, you guys have definitely done that. It takes them so long to implement when they say, I got an idea, let's do this. Right. Execution is yeah, tough. You fall behind. If you don't get it done quick enough to mm-hmm. make the general public jump on it, you lose it. And I think that's the biggest problem with the whole Animal Kingdom thing. That's just my two cents. I, I would guess. think I would think though. Iser had a better, like you say, he had a better idea of how to theme it. I mean, like, I guess you could go ahead and say, you know, Rody had a little bit to do with that based on his different. I'm sure he had a lot to do with it. I'm just, you know, give Probably a little had more to do with it than Michael. Did. Yeah, I was gonna say you would give a little piece of credit, but that that goes to show that um, Eisner knew how to pick his team. I mean, you know, it mm-hmm. it is tough to do something as an individual, like we know, doing a podcast. You need a team. That's that's how it works. That's how it operates. Iger, like, again, like you said, he's kind of like, he strikes me as like an old boss that I had a long time ago where he's like, I I have this and all I know how to do is to deconstruct something and then say, okay, well, if this is what was working already, I'm just going to add a little bit to that, but I'm going to, I'm not going to take that risk. I'm right. not going to go. Not, yeah. He's a, he's, he's a CEO. He's not a visionary, right? Yeah. He's not going to go ahead and tell you, look, this is what we need to do. Son of guns. We're going to do this. We're going to go ahead and right. you know, take a Yeti, put wings on it and put horns on it and just go, go ahead and eat people. You know, he's not going to do something like that would be a scary ride. <laughs> I would go on it, but he's not going to try that. He's going to go ahead and say, well, look, we got, Disney property here. We could take that. It's safe. Stockholders, are you happy with it? Good. Yes. And yeah, it doesn't do anything immersive. And if Everest is pretty much on Iger's watch, I mean, anybody that listens to this podcast knows, fix the Yeti. Come on. <laughs> Give me a toenail, something, a claw, a tooth, anything. That's what I said on the last show. You don't get to charge for anything else until you fix the Yeti. That's right. I mean, nothing else gets charged until you fix it's the Yeti. Just, or take the Yeti out and put a big picture of Iger flipping us <laughs> off <laughs> as we fly through the place. Reaching for because, your wallet. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, <"F-> <laughs> <laughs> he had nowhere else to go. I guess that's getting beeped. Uh, yeah, but I mean, I and I, and I, I again, in like the, the Pandora rides, I mean, look, I, I love flights of patches, passage. Yeah. Uh, I love that. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a good simulation ride, although apparently now, you know, it's Scaring people because you can't really necessarily fit on it, depending on how you are. So it is I mean, awkward. It 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 is. I was just thinking, flights of Patch Adams. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's got the little red nose on it. You find the banshee. Oh. Yeah, you got to get cancer to get on this flight. <laughs> right. That's terrible. Well, you'd be skinny enough to so sit on the bike. It, the ride's so bad it gives you cancer. But it doesn't. But it's still just one ride. But even right. even that it. I, it's an alien land. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's mm-hmm. awesome to see when you walk in there and you're like, wow. But well, let's not go overboard. It's nice. <laughs> okay, it's nice. I would say awesome. Let's, let's I'm just you go and you for what they did. When you walked into Pandora. It's done the, well. It's done well. Yeah, we, we're giving them one. Right? We're giving them When you one walked into Pandora, did you feel to yourself, oh my God, I have just stepped foot into an alien planet? Or were you like, okay, this, this is looks nice. Well, this yeah, is like, yeah, this, this, this is, is floating rock, but that's what I'm saying. Like, it kind of knocks out the theme that's Why are already you so green? Is, is, <laughs> that's already in there, you know, in, in my opinion. You so know, I was going to 
do this at the end, but since Aaron already brought up the point, What's I, up? I might as well go ahead and touch on this so we don't have to double back to it later. Okay. He's right. There There was a period between 2007 and 2011 when I looked at all these rides. There's about a five-year gap where Bob Iger did next to nothing. I mean, just the best thing you can give him credit for was, was Toy Story Mania. It took place in about 2008, which everyone loves but me. <laughs> and outside of that... You got the three Caballeros overlay, which, what did that take them, three weeks to put together? Oh, God. <laughs> Damn. And they took, they went and got a, a couple of cousins, my, a couple of my cousins, and they put it together in like two weeks for a six-pack. Cousins. <laughs> you know? Cousin Last of Vika, get that track over there. They paid him a, they paid him a, they paid him a 12-pack. <laughs> to put that thing together. Let me last of Vika, get that one over there. And then, then, you, then you get the Monsters, Inc. laugh floor again. Right. It's I, not a laugh. Month no. and a half? <laughs> I cried. What? Uh, and then you go from about 2013 to 2015, where the only thing you get is the late-delivered Seven Dwarves Mind Train because they forgot to include something for boys in New Fantasyland. I mean, that those are like significant, like, two to three year, five year gaps of, of time where you really didn't get anything. Now, I, I'll give, this is where I'll give Iger credit with Animal Kingdom uh, that I, I think you guys, uh, you know, are kind of glossing over a little bit. Okay. Is that he has made the Animal Kingdom a little, like, Michael Eisner was not perfect with Animal Kingdom. There's that huge glaring Chester and Hester's dinorama smack dab in the middle of it. Uh, okay. It's a real, it's probably the biggest eyesore of any theme park that you're going to walk in on. What Iger did for Animal Kingdom, and I'll give him credit, and by the way, we all agree. I, I do think Michael Eisner did a lot more for the Animal Kingdom. Right. But what I'll give him credit for is, is that, like I said before, he did help to make that a nighttime park. That's something that Michael Eisner, the, the park was open in 98. The, the second phase was supposed to be Beastly Kingdom. And Beastly Kingdom was going to be all the thrill rides that kept Animal Kingdom open and made it a full day park. Michael Eisner never delivered on that. He had about eight years to deliver. He wasn't able to go ahead and bring that in. What Bob Iger did with Pandora, eh, it's not great, but now it is a park that can stay open past five, I would say. Uh, holy really? Yeah. <laughs> That's because the lines are so long. Now that they're the wait. And the second thing that he did, and this one is not in dispute, this is where Bob Iger kicks Michael Eisner's ass is that he brought the dining level over there to an exceptional level. He's the one who brought in Tiffin's. He's the one who brought in Yak and Yeti. He's the one who brought in Harambe Market. Prior to that, what'd you have? Pizza Fari. Pizza Fari. Frozen Cokes? All right. Rainforest Cafe. So let me, let me chime in on that. Okay. And, and I'm not, and I'm certainly, because I know my brother-in-law is a smart person so, <laughs> yes he is it's certainly not it's not he no, throws no. us off every day no, honestly it's 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 certainly not a it's a rebuttal based on like my feeling about it which mm-hmm. is this we all start a project and they're they're huge to launch animal kingdom was huge right yes yeah so do as as ceo if you put yourself in his in his seat and you say as ceo what's more important to draw people here is it the restaurants is it the parades is it the atmosphere is it the attractions i think when you get down to it it's atmosphere and attractions it and is. you spend your time on that i think that when you look at um the attractions and you look at the surroundings versus restaurants and whatever, 
It's kind of small pickings. I mean, it's like it's like trying. You know what I mean? It's yeah, trying no, no, to, I get you. It's trying to like give him a win. You know what I'm saying? But you're right mm-hmm. that he did do that because that was the weakest point of Animal Kingdom in all those years. And when they first started, and they were crawling. Mm-hmm. Their restaurant sucked. How many times did we want to eat at Animal Kingdom? Nothing. You never did. No. We would eat at Animal Kingdom mm-hmm. Lodge. Before we would ever yeah. eat at Animal Kingdom, oh, you, right? yeah, yeah, you'd eat at Sanaa or you'd eat at uh, bo- uh, right. So I agree with I agree with yeah, I agree yeah. I agree with what you were saying. Yeah, I'm yeah. just saying that Iger had an easier position in that whole situation. But like he did, I just wanted to frame it from the standpoint of uh, of being like he gave you, and, and it's not much. Again, he he maybe bought the Animal Kingdom like two more hours than what you had before right. by going ahead and giving you, now you got a reason, now you're going to stay for dinner. Now you're going to stay to see Rivers of Light. Now yeah. you're going to stay for nighttime safaris. Now you're going to no, stay for... Right. You know, th- he bought the... And, and that's what the whole idea of the dining was. It was kind of make it a little bit more well-rounded to where instead of going to grab breakfast before you got into the park, you actually went straight to the Animal Kingdom like, yeah, you know what? I can't wait to eat at Harambe Market, which to me is like a must-do now. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. No, it, it, you, you're 100 percent right. Yeah. I mean, the bottom line is, if he wouldn't have done that, mm-hmm. I would have never stayed at Animal Kingdom late. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'd have got out of there at five. Well, you didn't have any choice. Yeah, the park closed. Yeah, I mean, and, and Tiffins, and, and you're right. I mean, Tiffins is uh, is a very exotic restaurant. I mean, why are you so fat? <laughs> I was one of the few places where I was like, I don't know what this is, but I'll give it a shot. And so I will give. Iger, one point, okay, he gave us Cam, and that was a very, <laughs> was a very cool moment to to go ahead and, and have at Tiffins. That was, well, that was fun. It, it, Here's look, the thing, it, though. if, if exactly. Let's just say that didn't happen, and Animal Kingdom was still a half-day park. Is it still better than Hollywood Studios? Yes. You know? yeah. So it's still a better yes. park, even with yeah. it being a half-day park. Yeah. Even now that it's on. not a half-day park, what do you do? You stay in the park till 5, you have dinner, and then you hang out and watch uh, Rivers of Light. So all you're doing is spending more money, and that's uh, all Bob Iger cares exactly. about. Exactly. <laughs> so that's why that's the stockholders love it. That's going to be the running him. theme. Is like, okay, I'm giving you this, but what I'm really doing is taking more of your money. That's exactly. <laughs> so let me what give you safe, something. What a safe bet. Do <laughs> so you want to move on to Hollywood Studios now? Yeah, let's do that because I mean, well, yeah, it's only been an hour. Yeah, I was gonna say we're we're in trouble if we're gonna spend an hour on a park we all agreed on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah, uh, this one's uh, more about potential over past performance. Yeah. Uh, you know, Michael Eisner, compl- he gave us a very beautifully themed, uh, conceptually realized park that went thematically, to crap. it made sense, huh? <laughs> it all went to crap. It did. It went to crap under uh, <laughs> Bob Iger's watch, in my opinion. Now, look, to be fair, the wheels started to go, to go off the wagon while Michael Eisner was still in charge. And Bob Iger does have some pretty big plans to try and save it, but what do we think? Who contributed more to Hollywood Studios as it exists now? It's not even close. It really isn't. It ain't even mm. close. Listen, because we're running out of time, so we're trying to cut time. Yes. Let's cut time on like what we know is fact, all right? Mm-hmm. The bottom line is Eisner wins the whole thing. He had, the, <laughs> he had the great movie ride, 89. He had the Muppet Vision in 1991. Tower of Terror, 1994. Rock and Roller Coaster, 1999. He started Star Tours, excuse me, in in 1989. When you really get down to what is the cusp of that park, and even the crazy-ass Indiana Jones stuff, 
Yeah. All of that stuff is his invention. And mm-hmm. it's and it's still the it, best look, stuff in the park. Look, yeah. I don't mean to beat on Iger, but he's such an easy punching bag because of his performance. Don't hurt him too I hard. Can, no, he, he deserves it. I mean, the bottom line <laughs> is he didn't do shit with the place. Come on, give me a break. Uh, everything that's there that is major attractions is stuff that's been there from Eisner's you know, tenure and Eisner's ideas and his people and, and, and whether he came up with it or not, when he was in charge, that's what came up. And the bottom line is, why are we running there? Who runs there to go to anything other than the Tawai Terror, yeah. Rock and Roller Coaster, Muppets. Star Tours, Muppets? Well, let's get, again... To give Iger his due, under Eisner, Star Tours was that one. Hold on, I got one due. Oh, go 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 for it, go for it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's just it's kind of like Swedish. It's fondue. Oh, oh, oh. it's only one due. <laughs> really, when you get down to it, Hollywood Studios is Toy Story. Yes, that's it. That well, and Galaxy's Edge. That's what it's going to be. Well, that's yeah. That, well, that's, that's so important. I don't even know what it is. <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> okay, well that, but that's an upgrade, right? Yes. No, well, yeah, but that's like the place. So, that's yes. gonna be like. The, so yeah. I, I, I threw that in the same category as test track upgrades. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's well, the, that's but, the upgrade to the Star Tours attraction. Yeah, know, adding a whole new land. Right. I mean, that's I've, I've rode on it. I know it. I know it's an upgrade and it's a change. And if you want me to get down to it, the Star Tours version is mm-hmm. better. Really? Under no, under Iger, I think it is. Mm-hmm. But I think the test track version is a joke. Give me a break. Oh, the test track. Okay, yeah, we're gonna get yeah. to that. We're yeah, gonna get right. to Epcot so. in a little bit. Really quick though, no, ba- Galaxy's Edge is the new Star Wars land they're gonna open, which is supposed to be the first interactive theme park where you kind of you role play and you you have your outfit and you go in and then they they. They talk to you like you're in this foreign land, yeah. and they do, they do. They have overweight Jedi's. <laughs> <laughs> Give it a sure. chance; it's gonna happen. <laughs> the whole idea behind um, MGM Studios when I when Eisner opened it was wonderful. The problem was is that when Michael Eisner started to lose, he didn't do enough to maintain the studios. Uh, the great movie ride, which we all loved. How hard would it have been? To include a new scene every two or three years, right? To add what, to that attraction, but he was out in two thousand five, right? He was out in two thousand five, but you know, great movie ride opened in uh, what uh, eighty nine, six yeah. years. So he he had more than six, six years. The only reason I bring that up is because we were probably riding on the damn thing in like two thousand ten, and it was the same. Shit. It was the same. He allowed, yeah, that's that was, what I'm saying. Uh, he allowed the park to get stale. Now, don't get me wrong. Iger's solution was to continue. Do nothing. It, yes. <laughs> let it go and then finally kill it all out. Whereas to me, I enjoyed the great movie ride. I would have liked to have seen them kind of maintain it, do a little bit more with it. I would have liked to. Update it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and that's one thing that Iger did do with Star Tours is that he did update it. And now all of a sudden you have all these different uh, routes you can go on. You get new scenes from the newer movies. And so I give him credit for that. But for the most part, like all the, the working elements that made like the backlot tour, everything that made that park feel whole, like you were actually touring, uh, uh, it didn't have to be a working movie studio, but just that it would, the idea of it as a studio, those things, the, the, the sound, you know, they used to have the Sounds Dangerous with Drew Carey. They used to have the... Um, like the Golden Girls. Yeah, okay. the, the Superstar Television. All these little things that kind of put you in the movies to let you know, this is the theme. This is why you are what you are. 
where we're going now, no one, I mean, the, the Hollywood studios is turning into what? A land of just a hodgepodge of sci-fi land. Yeah, it, it's like where well, where you don't have any other place you can drop a ride. Exactly. You throw it in there. And when you look at, and, and I know I'm, I'm probably capping on stuff that you guys talked about before. And as a non-artist with uh, two good friends that that are artists, well, you're right. And, and going in there, well, you that's know, true. I'm almost sad ass writer, but anyway, <laughs> um, when I go in and I don't see the art of animation area, yeah, I really, I mean, for mm. an adult, for mm. for a kid that don't mean a damn thing, right? Yeah. But as my my as my son's gotten older, he enjoys that, and mm. he like really got into the fact that. This is what is this is the amount of effort that's put into making an animated movie. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, it was one thing when they took it away and nobody was actually making animation there anymore. Mm-hmm. But it was great when it was a nice tour that, you know, the uh, You could see the artists actually working. You, you doing even, it. even if you didn't, you could at least see the efforts that the were process. put in and the process yeah. and, and every parent could get the air conditioning that they wanted. <laughs> Right? So I think we know who won that battle. Let's move on to Epcot. And with Epcot, to me, this is a little harder because there's just not a lot going on in Epcot. They've updated Soren. They've updated Test Track. All you've got really new is that's worth anything is Frozen Ever After. Mm-hmm. And that's about it. You got the new Guardians of the Galaxy coming in. You got the new Ratatouille attraction coming in. But even the Ratatouille is just, we're just bringing it in from uh, Disney Paris. Paris yeah. Right. So, to me, this is the least exciting park on either side. What do you guys think about what Eisner inherited with Epcot and what the original vision was up to what we're doing today? I think that Eisner doesn't get enough credit for Epcot. Like, I think Eisner gets a lot of credit for having killed the original vision of Epcot. But when Eisner took control, it was 84. Epcot came around 82. I mean... uh, Epcot was only open for two years before Michael Eisner was already in charge. So you had a lot of original attractions, uh, what people deem to be original attractions, like Living Seas, Wonders of Life, Captain EO, um, the Norway Pavilion. All that opened while Michael Eisner was still in charge. It wasn't until the mid-90s where Michael Eisner really started to do away with the whole vision of edutainment. And start getting into, okay, we're going to start providing rides and entertainment and things that would appeal more to the average family on a vacation than what we would trying to educate people and, and, and right. trying to make sure that they have a uh, informational vacation as well as a, a, a fun one. And that's where I think the problem kind of lies in is that, once again, kind of like with MGM, which became Hollywood Studios, is you have a mess. You have a guy that goes ahead and says, okay, we don't like the way this park is going because now that it's, it's outlived its model. So now we got to redo it. And so Eisner made tracks towards redoing it. He, he put in Soren. He put in Test Track. And then Bob Iger's taken over. And since then, Bob has done next to nothing. I, I find it kind of inexcusable that in his 13 years in charge, he hasn't contributed one e-ticket attraction to Epcot. Yeah, it, it's I mean, been Frozen is just, just we just redid uh, Maelstrom. Yes, right. That's it. But I also feel like there's not. It's almost a wash. Like there's there's no winner here. 
in this particular part. You can't. It's hard to say one person did more than the other. Well, no, Eisner did more than I was going to say. I was going to say I disagree. He made the fastest ride. I'm going going with Eisner. If you just throw in the Soren and the test track, you already have the majority of people are standing in line. Mm -hmm. Not to mention the mission space, which I don't see on here, but. Mission space is something that uh, it's not highlighted. It's, it's, it's on. Yeah, it's, it's on. on there. There. Okay, so I mean, I think it's I think it's easy. I mean, the best thing you came up with is Frozen Ever After. You just refurbished the spirit of Norway. I think the spirit of Norway is crying. That the best thing you came <laughs> up with <laughs> is Frozen. Is Give me a break. I mean, if I have to hear that song one more time, I'm ready to like dive on my sword and kill myself <laughs> with my Viking sword with the troll standing over me. I don't know. Well, I, I agree with Lee. It's, it's, it's kind of a wash. I will. I like to see what you happens. You also think it's a wash? I don't think it's a well, wash. Well, I mean, like, I like, I like, I'm with Aaron. I think is a clear winner here. Uh-oh. I mean, like, Test Track got upgraded, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's, that's why. It's like, I, so lame as shit. Like, it's like what it is, and then, I mean, yeah, what it was, and now what it is. It's right. like. It made more sense as what it was yeah, than what it yeah. is. What they did has nothing to it. I mean, when GM ran it to me, it was more interesting. But anyway, that's another thing. I'd like to give I'm the. Saying, I'm sorry, no, I was just saying, I'd like Soren, to give the Guardians right? Galaxy a, a chance before yeah, I, I can make that definitive stamp. Yeah, yeah, but I mean that's a, but that's any but that's that's twenty twenty one, right? Yeah, yeah, no, I know, I know. That's a that's, that's a that's so potential even, versus he might not even be around by then. I mean, again, hopefully, I will. Thirteen years and all, and, and yeah. you're leading this thing, and and, and you still have not to, you, what twenty twenty one is when we're going to be looking forward to our first e ticket attraction mm-hmm. under the uh, Iger regime. Nah, it's not even close. You don't want to wait for it. You don't want to wait for it. Give that's it a like chance. me saying I can't call Hollywood Studios because we have to wait to see how Galaxy's Edge does. Yeah, right. Okay, I, know, I agree with yeah, that. Sixteen years for something. Come then, on. Uh, then I was going to say, what's the point of the exercise if we can't call it because we have to wait an additional three years for Bob Iger to go ahead and do what he should have been doing a long time ago? Yeah, I agree. Well, maybe it's just because he hasn't bought anything that would fit in Epcot yet. No properties <laughs> needed. No, he has. That's the thing. I mean, it, you know, you look at a, a property like Gardens of the Galaxy, and, and to me, this epitomizes the problem with the Bob Iger. I mean, w- when did it come out? When, when was the movie? Yeah. 2014? They've already come out with part yeah, two. Already, yeah. yeah, so they've already come out with the sequel. When, 2014. When, when did Ratatouille come out? Ratatouille? Oh, my God. Yeah. That's yeah. Like, I mean, what, that, 2007? Right. That's 221. I mean, Christ's sakes. I mean, come on. I mean... I, I was actually like running marathons back then. <laughs> I, was, I was boxing back then. Right now, I couldn't box bananas. But is that a thing of planning? Is that a thing of planning, figuring out where you're going to put the ride, the size of the no, ride? Like not that. that. Not no. 13 years. Not 13 years. Okay, well, you 13 years, yeah. You make an excuse for 13 years of doing nothing. I mean, there's a reason that Epcot had tier uh, tiered attractions. It's because they didn't they and they knew they didn't have enough good attractions. Yeah. to warrant you being able to have fast passes to anything that you wanted to do whenever you wanted to do it. Yeah, I just got an email from a client today and she's like, "So on your on your explanation here, you said that we have to choose between this. Why is that? Disney won't let us have all three?" Like, uh, nope, they won't. That's right. And we'll get to that when we get to Fast Passes. <laughs> okay. All right, so uh, moving on to Magic Kingdom. Um, really, other than New Fantasyland, what is going on with Magic Kingdom under the Iger area? You know what? 
This is the one park, and this is, this is I've been waiting for this one to come because I figure this is like be the one park where we might have some disagreement on. This is the one. I don't give it to him by a mile, but I'll give this one to Bob Iger as having done more for the well, Magic Kingdom. There hasn't been really any updates Ever? to Magic Kingdom. Yes, there has. Well, okay, but like major updates. Major updates. I, I no, I cannot sit here and tell you that. Bob Iger has opened an attraction as iconic as Splash Mountain, right? Which my, uh, Michael Eisner did preside over. But what else did M- Michael Eisner do besides Splash Mountain? Phil her magic. That's a good one. You didn't like Alien Encounter, uh, the I, original I, Alien Encounter. Uh, well, a I lot think of people had a problem. Yeah, with it says, there's a reason. I, I, yeah, but I appreciated the effort, but it wasn't very well thought through. It was a little bit better than what it ended up becoming. It's it kind of just like, uh, <laughs> oh, it was a lot better than what it. Yeah, he, yeah, but that was, was one of the ones. It was a lack of foresight that uh, led to us getting chili dogs burped in our face for like ten years. Yeah, that's the only part that kills it. I mean, that yeah, that was yeah. Eisner and stepping back, going, oh, um, yeah, my bad. I shouldn't have. Scared the crap out of eight-year-olds. Yes. <laughs> but the adults were terrified, too. You know? And they, they will the forget big, that. Go, I'm sorry, Aaron. Go ahead. I was going to say, the biggest thing to me, and I'm just, like, looking at them one versus the other. Um, you know, Splash Mountain was 92. That's a long time ago. But yes. it's still pertinent. You still Very cannot much. get on that, right? Yes. And uh, Big Thunder Mountain was probably before him. It's been there forever, I guess. Yeah, it was so, before him. Right. So that one doesn't mean anything. But, you know, when you look at Buzz, when you look yes. at, well, I might be stretching it with Philhar Magic and Wishes. I like Philhar no, Magic. Yeah, I love Philhar Magic. Well, look, here's the deal. When I look at this and I look at all the things, doing both of them, I'm saying, look, Splash Mountain, I'm still going to. Buzz, if it if the line it's such an efficient ride, you don't have to take a fast pass. Whereas Philhar Magic, I mean, to me, it's the Muppets ride in the Magic Kingdom. So I want to go. It's a place to cool off, and it, mm-hmm. it's fun. It's still good. It's still pertinent. It hasn't lost any of its um, luster. You know, yeah, exactly. And then wishes. My wife wishes, wishes would come back. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, when I look at that and I look at the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique, which was good to my daughter and mm-hmm. she loved the hell out of Another that. Another way to make money. Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but that one was genius because at least that helps to. That is genius. Right. That, one, that one was genius. I give and, him that. And, and then I start comparing the rides and I start saying, okay, the uh, Little Mermaid, the Mine Train. I've never got to experience the uh, great moments in American history Muppets thing. So yeah, I don't know it's what, a, it's cute. It's, it's very hard, nice. Hard for me to even talk about that, but I'm looking at like three things versus four things, and honestly, I mean, I, that's where I'm at. I'm like four versus three. I'm, so I'm I still, might give this one to Iger. I'm looking I'm looking through it. it. I'm, I might give this one to Iger because I think like he does have a better sense of. Theming on on this one, uh, like you were saying about the boutique, I know we, you know, and just you know, I kind of I kind of give that one to him a little bit. Like and you didn't highlight edge. it as a major one, but I think Enchanted Tales with Belle is a pretty uh, high ranking one. People love that. They, they really do that. like that. They um, do. I, I just I, I didn't look at it as having a high repeatability, right. but people do love it. Yeah, so I mean, I think this is a little bit harder to it score, be, but it might be a it might be a draw. Well, I mean, it, I'll give it that. At here's least. here's what I would say, and 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 once again, it's going to come down to me for a couple things. One, 
Michael Eisner. Okay, he gets a lot of credit for you know Splash Mountain, Buzz Lightyear, and everything. Like that. What did Michael Eisner take away though out of that park? What was the controversial stuff he took away? Mr. Toad, the Skyway, Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. I mean, Michael Eisner was not a very very popular person for the things that he was taking out of Magic Kingdom that people loved, and the stuff that he replaced it with. Yeah, Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, I mean, Buzz. Yeah, Buzz. Okay, maybe, but. Look at what Bob Iger went ahead and did. Okay, so he improved the dining with the addition of the BR Guest Restaurant and the Skipper Canteen. Prior to that, all we had was what, Tony's? You giving love to BR Guest, though? You have to, kind of. I mean, it's, um, it was I'm an not, improvement. I'm not sitting here giving a ton of love to it, but I mean, uh, it's Cinderella's better than what we had. Table, King Stephen's Banquet Hall. It existed before Eisner. Really, Eisner's mark on, on dining was Tony's Town Square. To my knowledge. So I'm, gonna, I'm looking at the dining. I'm going to say that Bob did more for improving the dining situation in Magic Kingdom. Looking at uh, New Fantasyland, he opened up additional space in Magic Kingdom. Magic Kingdom was always so cramped. New Fantasyland came along. Now you got a new walkway to go through. Now it opens up a little bit. That gives you Ariel. That gives you the Undersea Journey. No one's mentioned that one yet. A hell of a dark ride. A really good one. That's something that we make it a point to see. I'm never disappointed by that. Uh, he made it possible for kids to get into character and play a part by having the girls with the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique and the boys with the Pirates League. And he kept that one recent as far as Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique, like the different characters that you could be. At least that was recent. Right, but- yeah. And so, he, he snuck in uh, these hidden adventures with the interactive role-playing games from Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom to the Pirates uh, Adventure Treasures of the Seven Seas. And then, you know, and, and we're going to get to this a little bit later, he also added the, the controversial practice of these interactive cues. Now you got something to look at while you're waiting. Now we can all argue, and I will, that Bob helped create the problem of longer lines in the Magic Kingdom, but he also gave us, you know, the interactive cues that you now see, which gives you a little bit something to do with your kids to pass the time while you're waiting. So with all that put together, I'm I'm with Aaron. I'm I, there's nothing that Bob Iker does that that supplants Splash Mountain. It's but it, to me, it's an even thing, and and the reason why when you're saying like because it's uh the one thing I didn't include was Enchanted Tales with Belle, which my daughter did like. Yeah. So if I take Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique. I take the uh, Enchanted Tales. I take the Undersea thing. It's five to five. So that one's kind of, to me, is kind of a wash. It's a wash. It it's is a wash. wash. Yeah. You can go either way on that one. I'm going to give it an Iger. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give it to Iger as well. If, if I'm going to give it to Iger. I'm going to give that one. I, I've given all three I, to Eisner. I'm going to give this one. Uh, I'll give the devil yeah. is due. For I love Phil. I love I love Phil her magic. I, I go to that one every time. But yeah, I I would have to say just as far as what the look is, I give it to Iger. All right, so let's recap the the parks themselves, and then we'll move on to the next category. So Animal Kingdom, we're giving the Eisner. Yes. Hollywood Studio Eisner. Yes. Epcot Eisner. Yes. Ultimately, I think you can give Iger Magic Kingdom. I'll vote for that too, and then we'll, okay. So three to yeah. one. Okay, we'll go with yeah. Iger. Okay. All right. So now we've wrapped up the theme parks. Let's go to park services. And to uh, lead us off, let me let Aaron talk a little bit about the dining plan. All right. Stay tuned for the next 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Get ready. Um, so anyway, and dining plan, I mean, I'll just try to make it brief because we're trying to get a lot of things in. But from a dining plan standpoint, it's hard to say whether it's Iger versus Eisner because Eisner was only involved in it in such a short period of time. He was probably involved with the inception of it because the original dining plan that 
as far as I know, started out in 2005. That's and right. it was thirty five ninety nine per person, which included appetizers, gratuity, the whole shit. Sh- so I'm, yeah. I'm showing that Iger started in 2005. So you're saying like maybe... Eisner, started, oh, Eisner started, started late yeah. 2005. Okay, so right. it was already in place. Yeah. So there was always, nothing, obviously some, some thought to it, some planning process. It was right. in place as of Not, January 2005. Nothing okay. of that gigantic capacity in a company starts. Right. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> the ball's already rolling. Right. It's gotcha. already rolling. Okay. Like, just yeah. get behind the wheel, they, son. They, they it's don't, been focus grouped. They don't launch it until they're like yeah. ready to do it. Gotcha. So it started at that point, and then it ran to its current point this past year and this is the latest numbers I had so it could be wrong but it's like went from 35.99 to 75.49 for about a basic right. dining plan okay which is doubled in cost easily right yeah. so and we were we we're, were at that point and just when i ran the numbers from year to year with the uh, percentage of increases it went up an average of 6.2% um, every year Okay, so it's if been you, consistently the same increase each year? No, not no. even close. But okay. it, it, <laughs> the, the increases as it got further and further into Iger's like reign, if you want to use that term, mm-hmm. they there are two or three points where it jumped up significantly, where okay. it went from like a three percent annual jump to an eight to a 10 percent gotcha. and it so it gets really so that so it gets skewed really the original lower numbers oh yeah it gets yeah. really bad and then when you look at the fact that if you say okay we started in 2005 under eisner's deal and Iger just jumped into place by 2007 we had already gotten rid of the dining plan gratuity um inclusion which to me so, that was that was right huge. away that was what made it questionable right. if it was worth it or not before then it was just like okay yeah get the dining plan get the dining plan mm-hmm. no problem you're gonna have money's you'll get your money's worth no problem when the gratuity stopped being part of it now it was like okay we need to do the math yeah right. let's think about this could it be worth it could it not be worth it for some people it will for some people it won't it really i don't is. like math on vacation right <laughs> yeah and, and i mean the math for you know People that come in there with more children and you're dealing with more heads and you're paying for more people, obviously, your bills are going to be higher, so your gratuity is going to be a bigger impact. On top of that, the same year, they took away the appetizers. Yep. So all of a sudden, you're getting hit with the fact that- But you get desserts. Now, what yeah. year was that? Right? <laughs> Do you have the year that they yeah, took away the gratuity uh, well, and the appetizer? According to according to my wonderful sources on the internet, it was uh two it was two thousand eight. So they're saying that in two thousand eight or between two thousand and seven and two thousand eight, but in that realm, the dining plan. Uh, said, okay, no longer do we cover the gratuity. You have to cover that. Yes. And we're going to take away the appetizer. So that was a big pill to swallow. Like, yes. It, and, and the way I look at that is if you say it's 2008 and Iger came in at 2005, I mean, we're like two years, three years in, and all mm-hmm. of a sudden he says, hey, look, here's a great idea. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Let's take away the tips and uh, which that part of it I could agree with. I mean, I could get on that one from the standpoint that I get the tip now. What you think is appropriate. Right. If they suck, I, I mean, I, I can at least, I can adjust that. But now you're taking away the appetizer. So when you take both away at one time, you're saying, 
Now you have to pay all this tip money because you got a $300 bill. And uh, at the same time, by the way, you're not going to get whatever little appetizer. You might like the lobster bisque. Or you might I like, do. Yeah, I absolutely you do. You might like the uh, mushroom soup. And I do. Point, you can't get these things now. You got to pay for them. So yeah, I like you got, that. You get accustomed to that, and that that kind of sucks. So that was that was in that realm. Well, it'll be now clear as, now. And then the new Iger plan: you can substitute a soup <laughs> or a salad for your dessert. Dessert, the Iger but you're plan. only getting a smaller portion, and you are sacrificing your dessert to do it. Whereas before, you got. Both dessert and appetizers. So. See, that's the but, thing. Uh, it's too me, complicated. Hold on. Yeah. I remember being dessert or appetizer. Am I no, remembering it you wrong? Were remembering it. I mean, I could be. That wrong. was our first trip. That was our very first trip, and I didn't pay for it. My mom paid for it. Was it, so. <laughs> it was both. It was both. Us so you got both. Toasting at Coral Reef, being like, "My God, what are we going to eat this?" Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. You well, you kind of knew at that so point it was too good to be true, though. It you know, was. It's, kinda, it's like this is fantastic. I mean, but you couldn't believe the value in the dining plan. You'd had to be an idiot not to do it, and then to have it strip mine so suddenly and 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 everything great about it taken away and slowly over time now they've started to put a few things back like again yeah you can substitute dessert and you can put a little bit of a you and you got two snacks now instead of one so yeah you can say that they allow this and that and the other but now you're paying double the price for yeah. it too so i only got one thing to really add i hope Iger tasted the new turkey leg because <laughs> it ain't it worth it. It ain't worth. I, I re- didn't include that in here. <laughs> I just no. I'm just. I, I read. I read an article. It was like, yeah, I hadn't tasted it yet. So it was like a, a, you know, like a year or so ago. So hopefully he's tried it and will bring back it back to the, the original recipe. You know, Aaron. Uh, one one thing that you would like about this new dining plan is now that they include one alcoholic beverage per sit down meal. So if it quick service, you want a beer, you can have a beer. That's so you can get over the fact that you didn't get the appetizer <laughs> and you got to pay the tip. Yeah. <laughs> you can get over how complicated it is now. Arambe. <laughs> so, I mean, you kind of have to give it to Eisner by default because, you know, he started it. No. I no? got two turds for Iger. No. No. Okay. Yeah, so you're going to give it to Iger. Eisner, but it's not by default. By it's design. Not, but it's, yes, it's by design. Thank you, E. You're welcome. Here's two important points let, let, that we didn't I'm even, saying he we, wasn't we, in control of it that long. That is true. No. But it made sense. But, like, it made and I'll perfect make a sense. point after Aaron goes. Go, Go ahead. ahead. But I'll throw a few things out there and I'll make you feel a little bit more warm and fuzzy about the whole eye. Make thing. it warm and fuzzy. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. Let me fuzz it up. He's already fuzzy, um, but make it warm. Fuzzy, make the me fir- warm. The, f- <laughs> the, first, the first thing Why I'll Why are you so fuzzy? <laughs> you little tauntaun. Come here. You really are fuzzy. Yeah. Right? The fuzzy. first thing I will throw out there is. Wacka, um, wacka. Everybody really started getting into what was, you know, two table service points versus what was one. And everybody started to get um, accustomed to the meal plan. It wasn't wise to it or taking advantage of it. Everybody had their favorites. But the bottom line is people said, you know what? One of the greatest values is, you know, LaSalle. And a lot of people want to go there. And you, you know from being a travel agent. You had to like do cartwheels and flips to try to get them yeah, a, a get reservation, the reservation. There if they didn't react soon enough. So the bottom line is when you look at that and they figured that out, my boy Iger decided in 2010, 2011 era that uh, we're going to ch- start charging 
two table services. Yeah, same thing that. they did now with Be Our Guest. Exactly. So that happened, right? 2017, 2018. So he's sitting there and he's analyzing these things. And he's saying, here's our favorite restaurants. So you know what? Screw the family. We're going to make the money on it because here's what they want to go to. So we're going to capitalize on that. And, and from a standard of just sheer capitalism, you can understand that. But from a standard of sheer capitalism, you can understand when families say, hey, F you, Iger. I'm not coming to Disney. I'm going to go somewhere else. Because here were some of the things we really relished. And some of the, you got to give a few things to your employees. You got to give something you to the public. You got to give a few things <laughs> to the to public. Eat. Let them they eat you, cake. Yeah. Yeah. Roll the cake. Let they them have roll. two snacks. I mean, you're right. At some point. <laughs> Put sprinkles we, on it. At some point, Iger's head will be in a basket and we'll be standing over <laughs> a guillotine. Like, hey. Have because, that dotted plan, buddy. Because he did that. that. <laughs> Not to mention, and the last things I'll say before you guys jump on it is that there were three of the largest annual percentage increases on the dining plan. I believe mm-hmm. that. Which all started after 2010. Yes. So 2010, 2015, and 2017. And you're looking at a 10.7% increase and 8.2 and 8.13. And when you consider that the cost of living adjustment is somewhere in the neighborhood of about 4%. It's about, I was going to say, I was going to go to 1.9. No, it's, you get it's deep no, with it now. No, that's our raises, okay? Yeah. The actual cost of living yeah. with, with everything at the grocery store and stuff is somewhere between 3 and 4%. You're getting doubly screwed. So my point with Eisner, and we'll get into that later on, is, you know, it's getting unaffordable. Yes. No, no, it is absolutely getting unaffordable. And look, let me bolster Aaron's point real quick, because this is something I just found absolutely fascinating, because everything that Aaron said is absolutely 100% true. But this is the other thing that, you know, Iger did that makes him just the evil genius that he is. I mean, <laughs> let's say I went to Narcoozie's in 2005, and I did not have the dining plan. You know how much it would cost for a steamed lobster at Narcuzzi's? Like $45? Mm. $54. Right around the same ballpark. You know how much it costs now? Like $80. $72, $74. It, it, it's about the, a $20 difference. It did, did two lobsters cut with the plate? Exactly. Lobsters, <laughs> to my, they, they haven't grown. <laughs> I was going to say, did they take steroids or something? Exactly. Yeah. That would be awesome. That. You get your lobster on the plate, it like bench presses everything before you get to eat it. But that's what they've done to justify the outrageous cost and the outrageous um, money that they, they, they keep up in the cost of the dining plan. Right. So what do they do? They just up the cost of the menu items. So you want it. So which comes first, the chicken or the egg? The lobster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, think, the lobster. I, I think the Eisner comes before the Eiger. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm with that. I, I'm, I'm all on that. I'm totally with that. So you think the dining plan is driving the menu prices? I, oh, for, without yeah. question. They're, they're, they're trying to make it a little bit harder on you by making dining more expensive to that way. It's, it's right on that cusp where you have to make the choice. Do I go ahead? And it's that close of a choice. Look, we did a whole show about this. I was going to say. If you and, missed one meal... You're out of luck. You're out of luck. Yeah. The dining yeah. plan is it, a complete loss. It's a screw job. You, and not you just really that, but have to. You really have to work your ass off to get your money's worth. But that you do. You yeah. Have, and that's not a magical trip to me. Right. You have to take advantage of every appetizer, every dessert, every entree, every drink, whatever. I mean, you have to take advantage of everything in order for you to experience 
savings and you will but it'll be by like what what did we come up with wasn't like much four yeah. six dollars yeah it's they have it's a they and thought it out it's you know, a scam. let me tell you this error even oh, yeah. when we did that exercise what you don't think about is okay i'm gonna max out my dining plan i'm gonna get the most expensive thing and i'm gonna do this and do this guess what you're also gonna pay more in tips Yes. yes, because you're paying yes. the tips on what the actual and, and, and let me just say this. Right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You got away with a lot. If you, if you keep plan. eating the most expensive things and having all the desserts and all the alcohol, the Disney burial plan is very expensive. <laughs> and I'm just saying, you don't want to get into that whole thing. Wow, that's all I'm saying. So outside of Disney dining plan, what other park services do we want to talk about? I would like right. to talk about real quick, maybe something you think about mousekeeping. Go ahead. Mousekeeping, this is nothing that I've experienced personally, but i dealing with a lot of other travel agents and a lot of other horror stories. I think mousekeeping has gone downhill. They've outsourced it, first of all. You don't say. Yeah, it's not, you know, <laughs> it's not what it used to be. And so that's another cost of doing business, and it's, it's lessening the, the, the guest experience. Yes. So, again, I think that's an that's a Eisner win. When Iger decided to you know, outsource and to not you know, have the actual Disney employees – as the uh, the mousekeeping, then uh, everything went downhill from there. Don't have to pay insurance. That, right? that makes sense. I yeah. agree. Evil genius sense. That goes to service. We, it, we could beat on that one later, but I mean, the bottom line is that's true. I think we yeah. all disagree with the parking fees, and that's another you know uh, that's we'll, we'll another park that. service. Yeah, we'll get to that. I, I want to talk about fast passes for a moment because okay. this is to me the biggest sin. Yeah. It Amongst sucks. them all, well, is, is what Bob Iger did to Fast Pass. He's well, this is his legacy. This is why he needs to be drug out into the street and shot. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought we were guillotining it. <laughs> Whatever needs to happen, I'm mob justice. Mob <laughs> justice. <laughs> Thug life. Let's get that boy. There is no question in my mind that. Eisner's original, and again, much like the original dining plan, it wasn't in place for long under Eisner. I wanted to say it started, what, what um, was it 2004? Was it like Fast Pass? Fast Pass. Yeah, I think it was like 2003, 2004. 2003, it wasn't by much, but it had started. And it was started under Eisner, and the, the idea was is that you had your paper Fast Pass. And you would go ahead and you'd run to the park and you'd run to that attraction. And you'd grab that paper fast pass and they always gave you a time that was, and if you got that rope drop, you got a time that was pretty, you know, within the next hour or so. If you got there later on in the day, the time was about maybe about two hours later. And that was kind of always the cutoff point in fast passes that once you got that paper fast pass, you couldn't get another fast pass. Until that fast pass time had started, which was right. again, it was either two hours or until that fast pass had started, whatever came earlier. Right. But it was generally about a two hour time period, which means that if you spent an average of, like, let's say you spent eight hours in the Magic Kingdom that day, you got what? Four, five, four passes. Yeah, there right, you go, four right. fast passes. Now you walk into, the fa- into a park. You've already got three pa- fast passes lined up back to back to back to back. You're knocking out three fast passes in a row the minute you step foot in the park. No room for error. Now you're getting double the fast passes. So if you're in the park for the same eight-hour period of time, you can have a fast pass every hour on the hour. 
Is that about right? Yeah, technically. So now you're doubling the amount of fast passes that you would normally have gotten within the same period. When Eisner did it, where you had to wait your your two hours, and then you would go ahead while you're waiting for your fast pass to Splash Mountain or Big Thunder Mountain while you're waiting for that to come up, you would go ahead and meander and you'd go see Haunted Mansion. You'd go see Pirates of the Caribbean because these are walk-on attractions. Now that you've increased the amount of fast passes, and now since everyone has access to this at an increased rate, now all the fast passes for the more popular attractions like Seven Dwarves and Splash Mountain, Space Mountain, all those, now that they're the ones that are going first... People are having to go ahead and book on the fly, and they're scooping up as many fast passes as they can get, which is elongating the standby lines. So, I mean, the, the, the ratio that I always heard was it was one standby person for every 10 fast pass people. So if you were in the fast pass line, they'd let 10 people go who had a fast pass before they left one standby person go, which means that 10 standby people would make it on an attraction by the time 100 Fast pass people made it on the attraction. Well, think about how much longer that takes. So now that you're funneling more people through the stand uh, through the fast pass line, you're elongating the the, the 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 guy who just wants to walk up and say, "Hey, what is this?" Yes, exactly. You're elongating the standby lines, which is funny because when you look it up, if you look on Disney's website, there is a question asked: Does Disney's Fast Pass Plus elongate standby lines? And they say no, <laughs> which is a, a it's but it, who says that? But it, it, it has to. I mean, in the credit to him is to say he tried to update it with technology. Because I mean, paper is good, but then you, if you if it slips out your wallet, out your pocket, now you got to go and try to figure out a way I to get it back. I don't think that's a major issue, though. Nah, yeah, no, I, mean, I hear that, but I'm just more as far as it being it's, upgraded but, with technology for the app. Or well, I'm saying, it's like Disney people. saying, there's nothing to see here. We have not mm. artificially inflated. Ignore the man behind the, the curtain. <laughs> <laughs> it's you not know? a wizard here. Mm. Well, I think, though, that, and this is just totally my opinion, I have nothing to back this up with. I don't think it was done that way on purpose. It was absolutely done that way on purpose. You, know, you think so? They wanted to I increase lines. You can't handle the truth. How could they have not? Have, Lee Lastavica, mm. okay, I'm going to tell you how you know that this was done on purpose. Do y'all remember when the Haunted Mansion opened up their interactive queue? Y'all remember that? Who remembers? Raise your hand if you remember when the Haunted Mansion. Uh, okay, we got one. Yeah, hand, I mean, I remember two doing it. Add a few beers. Okay. A few it, was beers. Da- <laughs> it was down the road. Okay. Do y'all remember when they opened it up? Initially, no one knew what the hell to do. And they gave you two options. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the elongated experience if you want to experience the queue with all the new stuff added. And this is a shorter experience if you want to go to the front of the line. I do remember that. And people would be like, oh, okay, I already saw the elongated queue, and it was fun to touch this stuff. I'll just go to the front of the line. Thank you. By the following year, there was that no more. Yeah. Because people realized what the short Disney line became the fast pass. All along, which was that the way they were doing business meant that sooner or later, there was going to be one line for standby. And that standby was going through that elongated interactive queue that no longer did you have the option to skip they tested it out they knew they knew they knew that it was coming they knew that those lines were going to go longer and that's why those interactive queues started to appear before they were even needed i didn't i didn't realize they'd done it in two parts as long as i've known it it's always been 
the fast pass line and the regular line. That yeah, the, no, it used to be a, a completely different experience. You had the choice of which line you wanted to go through, and that's how they sold it. Did you want to? Did you want the full experience, or did you just want to go to the head of the line? Who doesn't want to just go to the head of the line? Exactly. Right. Once you've done the full experience, it's like I'll just go to the head of the line. Thank you. And now when you go back, it's like. Oh shoot! There is no what, what happened here, and the only logical explanation is they knew all along that this is where it was going, and that's why they built it. But I'll tell you another reason: Fast Pass Plus sucks. the The good thing about pre Fast Pass Plus is when you all walked into the Magic Kingdom to Epcot to Animal Kingdom, not one Fast Pass had been distributed for that day prior to rope, rope drop. No need for tiering, no need for nothing. When you have tiering nowadays, you know, okay, fine, you know. I'll get to see uh, Pandora's, uh, what do you call it, uh, Flight of Passage. But once you've booked Pandora's Flight of Passage, you know there's no chance you'll ever see the Navi River Journey unless you want to wait in an hour-long lot ride. That did happen. Exactly. And <laughs> so now you've got a rope drop. Well, you can do rope drop. I mean, that, that, I'm saying if you want to make it, a, if you want to have... Any chance of having a short line, you have to rope drop. Exactly. What I'm saying is in the old system, when you got the paper, the, the paper fast passes, you could get in there past opening, go in, get your fast pass for uh, River Journey, fool around, go see Kilimanjaro Safaris, go see Kali River Rapids, come back, do River Journey, and then still get a fast pass for Flights of Passage. But see, now, that's not exactly true because we, there, I have personal experience, we went to Epcot. Yeah. But we didn't get there till 2 o'clock. Uh-huh. Guess what? What? No paper fast passes for Sworn. Get out. You see, we always have fast done. passes for Sworn. They're done. There are no more. Same thing would happen with Toy Story. Towards like that 2010 or later era, they would, they would the fast pass, everybody got onto it, and they would sell out. Mm-hmm. And everybody would get to the park early in the morning to try to go grab Toy Story. Yeah, because, I mean, they had yeah. to literally, like, right, so they had to literally like hold the crowds back right. and not so, let them run and walk them up to Toy Story. But, but so they at wouldn't least kill each the other. perk of that was if you were willing to bust your ass to get a fast pass, you would get it. So your, your fast pass was, bur- was based on effort. The, you couldn't blame Disney. You blame yourself. Yes. You didn't blame the system. Right now, I blame the system in a lot of ways. Like, yes. dude, all yeah. I can get is three. So, like, uh, if my kids want to get on, like, you know, four rides here, I-, I have to stand in line for one. Whereas with the old system, I could say if I get there early enough, I can knock out the three and then grab one for the evening. So we don't have to stand in line forever for the fourth one. I, that's all I'm no, saying. No, I was gonna say you remember in the old it days. It takes the control away from the person. You know but, what? But to add something to that is with the old paper fast passes, like like you say, you can knock all that stuff out. You can still have like a few left. You can like cheer up somebody else's day. You'd be like, here you yeah. go, <laughs> absolutely. Look, like, you know, you're on vacation. Right. I'm on vacation. Here you go. You hooked up. Look, and I can't speak to what Lee experienced. All, all I can say is that when we, but you know, you go during the slower times, as you already said. Yes. I, I this was spring break. You know, this was summertime. Okay. So yeah, Ooh. you would get there at twelve, and granted, you would put your 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 card in the machine. And you're like, ah, oh, I gotta come back dude, at six. I gotta come back at six yeah. for yeah. Soren. But you get to ride Soren. You'd have to stick it out. You get no other fast passes, but you'd get to ride Soaring. Now you walk in knowing there's no chance in hell. If I didn't get Soren coming in, you ain't I getting ain't either. Yeah, exactly. And give me the original ticket system. But I mean, okay, we're belaboring the point. Here's a couple of other reasons why 
the original FastPass system was better. Uh, one, it's killed any flexibility guests can have in moving around fast passes uh, to the more popular attractions if, if something should happen that changed your day. For instance, when Eli and Anna and I, our flight was late. We tried to push back soaring in any way we could, and Didn't there happen. was no yeah. possible None. way to push it back, even to like 8 o'clock. And we had like an early, early. I've never seen that before. It was the first time I'd ever seen it to where whatever you had, you either made it or you just didn't get to see that attraction for that trip, and you were just SOL. Or you two, wait in line for two hours. Yeah, or you <laughs> wait in line for two hours. Two, FastPass Plus leads to people spending an increased amount of time staring at their phone. That's the other thing. I mean, now <laughs> all you're doing, yeah. you're not even paying attention to your surroundings, to the park, right. enveloping the atmosphere. You're staring at your phones. How do I move this around? How do I get the next one? Is grandma in this uh, you know, <laughs> maybe, maybe, party? Maybe that was an Iger thought because he never updated shit. <laughs> Maybe he didn't want his mama to go, you know? And l- lastly, I mean, FastPass Plus has led to what we all knew would be the ultimate solution to come all along. It created a problem and then it found a way to solve it by starting to charge people for additional fast passes 90 days out with the concierge service that they're yeah. now offering, where they've conveniently figured out how you can get in all these attractions if you just pay a little bit more. Just a wee bit. That's the Bob Iger. That's the Bob Iger system. Give me Michael Eisner every day. Yeah. Michael Eisner, he seemed to care that the consumer got good value for their money. Bob Iger, to me, at this point in time, looks like somebody who's like, they're going to come anyway. All right, so Fast Pass Plus, we all agree? Yes. Iger loses yes. on that one. Iger right. loses. What else are we doing under park services? Any other? That's photo pass. I'm gonna get There's photo pass. I'll, I'll, give, I'll give Iger a win on this one. Yeah. You know, when we first started going in 2004, 2005, and 6, it wasn't until 2006 that uh, somebody initiated the plan that if you bought a CD for 100 bucks, mm-hmm. you could get all your pictures. Yeah. And it would just be downloaded onto your card and later your wristband. But the bottom line is that was something that happened during Iger's time frame. Yeah. And I don't want to beat on him like incessantly when there's things that he like actually was involved in that, that are good. So to me, out of dining and fast pass and photo pass, he loses on dining, he loses on fast pass, but he does win on photo pass. He did upgrade that. It was only a hundred bucks. Matter of fact, I pulled a receipt. Yeah, that's about right. No, that's it was a hundred and six dollars and forty four cents with tax, and I got every picture that we took, including on some of the rides and in the parks. Now it's one hundred and seventy now. Do you think it's worth one hundred and seventy? Yes, it is. That that is just igorism. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, no, that's I mean, you turned that's, another phrase. That's, that's complete igorism. No, like, but there are I a few things. You, you've got <laughs> it's, it's you've got more attraction pictures. You've got video. Uh, you can share it across social media. You can split it between parties. If you've got two families traveling together, yeah, magic shots. It's yeah. a little more, yeah, it's a little more interactive. You now I've got everyone's got their band. So while one person's at Magic Kingdom and one person's at Animal Kingdom, they're both getting the pictures. Yes, and they're moving into the same thing. So there's big. There's been a lot of improvements. So in can it. you? So what you're saying is now you have more possibilities to pool. Together. He has a better. Whereas before you had, if I bought the fa- if I bought the photo pass and my sister didn't. And she was with me. She would get in my pictures. 
Yeah. But if she was off by herself, she wouldn't get in my pictures. Whereas now we're traveling together as a family. We're quote unquote friends on, on the Disney, my Disney experience. No matter where we are, we both get the pictures. Yeah, I think that's kind of a wash because, and I mean, from a standpoint of it's good, it's it's a good thing. Yeah, because if it's you and your sister, you spend a hundred bucks, and in like one seventy seven, she almost spent a hundred bucks. Yeah, so, so two hundred together, it's two hundred. So it's almost like a yeah, hundred. He'll make up in a difference. It's still, I think Iger wins on photo pass. I think hey, we he, can he say wins. That. Yeah, but you know what I think it is more than more so than Iger is technology one. I agree yeah, with because that. Because technology right, right. Had totally agree with that. to that point to where you could do more yeah. than what you could. I, I still remember being a kid and having to wait. To, f- to get your photos exactly. developed, waiting yeah. for them to print it at the at, at the, the little uh, kiosk in the middle of the parking lot at Walgreens, <laughs> <laughs> the Kodak, well, the Kodak, Kodak, but that Kodak booth, yeah. Fox, Fox Photo, Town Square yeah. Theater thing, yeah, th- that. Uh, I remember saying, "Why can't we ride something?" Oh, because mom's waiting gotta do for pictures. It. All right, but moving on. Yeah, I'll, I'll give I'll give that point. To yeah, Iger that's the, well. that's the beauty of being one of the directors uh, on Apple. All right, so, yeah. so real quick, let, let's move on to IP. Come on, Lee. All right, now we so park services in general overview. We're giving it to Eisner, right? Yes. yes. Okay, cool. All right, so we're going IPs. I'll take this one. Take because it because I, I have a very strong. Take opinion it, bitch. This. What you got? Calm yourself, sir. Take it, bitch. <laughs> Get a little rowdy. Dude's fired. You heard that? Yeah, like, he fired up. All right. Indiana Jones. I got to give that to Eisner, right? Yeah, well, he'll make the movie, too. Yeah. Spectacular. Yeah. Right. You got yeah. Indiana Jones nah, Temple of the Forbidden Eye over there in Disneyland, okay? And, and as Eli correctly pointed out, he got to go ahead and make the movie. Yeah, he was on the inside track. He yes. kind of cheated. Without him, there was no Indiana Jones. The exactly. Whispering Eye. Star Wars. What do we get out of Star Wars? Everybody knows? Everything. We got yes. freaking... New Hollywood Studios. We got movies. We got a land. We a got cool smoking jacket. Yeah. I'm going to give Eisner credit for Star Tours, and that's it. I'm going to say that when it got updated, it got updated by Iger, and because of his deal uh, in place, although it happened before the deal took place, is that he got Darth Vader in there. He got you know Leia in there and that kind of thing. So I- I'm going to give Star Tours just to Eisner. What else did Eisner put into the parks? Anybody else know? You saying IPs, right? Uh, IP. What else? Only did thing I, I only thing I found was Muppets. Yeah, Muppets. Yes, yeah. Muppets. Muppets and, is good. And Mighty Ducks. Mighty Ducks. <laughs> Mighty yeah. Ducks is in the parks. No, I didn't. It wasn't okay, in the parks. But it's because of Mighty Ducks. Ducks. Talking in the parks. So we got a hockey team. So what about Pixar? <laughs> Pixar is uh, Iger. Wrong. No, 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 no. no. I mean, it, like, it was not owned by Disney until Iger bought it. It was right. right. So he is the one that got them. As a matter of fact. I read it. He had dinner with somebody, and they had a dinner together, and they worked out the deal. So he's the one that made it actually happen. As far as Pixar, yeah, he took him. They, they took him on a tour. Okay, tell wrong, me. wrong, 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 wrong. So tell me, was wrong, wrong. What, 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 what attractions opened in the meantime, Lee? Oh, I don't know. I'm just saying he got the thing before Disney bought Pixar. Pixar. What, what attractions were in the parks? Well, A Bug's Life. Okay. Tough to be a bug. Tough to be a bug. Tough right. to be a bug. What about tough to be a bug? What about it? It was there. Yeah. Before Iger came in and bought anything, it was there. 1998. It? 1998. Okay. Tough to be a bug was in the park. How do you figure that happened? I'm asking, I'm asking the question. I don't yeah. know, but I just yeah. know that we didn't know. Kevin's we didn't, that, we yeah, didn't own them until Iger got it. Iger has that <laughs> movie pool. That's the thing. <laughs> he has that movie pool. What about, uh, there was another attraction. There's another attraction that came, uh, uh, Buzz Lightyear. Buzz Lightyear, yeah. Base Ranger Spin. How did that happen? How did that happen? Iger hadn't bought the 
Pixar? What what happened? Movie pool. Well, Star Tours was in there before we bought before we bought Lucasfilm too. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't mean anything. Actually, it means a whole hell of a lot, Lee. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> but we didn't own there, it though. But they, but Disney didn't there, own it. Okay. Why was there acrimony between Pixar and Disney? Okay. Under Disney's original distribution deal with Pixar, they owned the rights to their first, I want to say it was eight films. So whether or not Pixar said, you know what, Disney, the hell with y'all. We don't like how you're treating us. We're leaving. We're going to Green Pastures. They still had the first eight. They still had the first eight. They had the right to, remember, that was a thing. Pixar was enraged that they were doing direct-to-DVD sequels of Toy Story. They were enraged because Disney now could do with their characters anything and everything they wanted to do. So under Michael Eisner's deal, regardless of what happened, they had Toy Story, they had Bugs Life, they had Monsters, Inc., they had Finding Nemo's, they had The Incredibles, and they had Cars. Regardless of whether Pixar liked it or they didn't like it. It was the best day going today. (laughs) (laughs) Under Iger's deal, what do we got? Coco. Wally, up. I think we're going to get our first up attraction coming up, although the Wilderness Explorers, maybe. It's coming up. Toy Story <laughs> 3, Brave, Cars 2, Monsters University, Inside Out, Good Dinosaur, Finding Dory, Cars 3, and Coco. You can have those attractions. I'll keep my first seven or eight. Those were all Michael Eisner's to do with as he pleased. So a lot of people mistakenly give credit for the Pixar acquisition to Bob Iger when the best of what Pixar had to offer, aside from Coco and Up and Wally, all came from Michael Eisner. So let's 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 give him credit where credit's due. All right, I'll move it over. All right. Let's give him credit for Roger Rabbit while we're at it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's that movie's magic too. Let's Can't give him that. credit for Dick Tracy. Why don't we do that? Dick Tracy, I remember Dick Tracy was in the parks over at... Uh, ah, that movie, movie wasn't that good, too. Man. Let's give him credit for The Wizard of Oz. Remember that nice little finale? Oh, wow. Over in the great movie ride. Any of those characters, really. James Cagney, uh, John Wayne, any of the characters that they played in those movies. All those. Tarzan. All those. Secured by who? Michael Eisner. Twilight Zone. Yeah. Aerosmith. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were in the park. But see, that, again, that's in his wheelhouse. You know, I mean, some of these were deals. Some of had, these were people. He had a big wheelhouse. Well, I'm just saying, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's the thing. Some of, of us do. If you, he's, I mean, he was like the president of various motion pictures. So there's no way Iger can keep up with that. He had friends and he knew how to make deals. The narrative that has been put out there that Michael Eisner was just toxic to anybody he talked to is just not a false narrative. Barbie. Barbie was in Epcot. I saw the video the other day. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I saw saw that. I saw the Power Rangers. Power Rangers. Power Rangers were a staple over at MGM Studios. All of that collected under Michael Eisner's watch. That was a nice limo too. Barbie had. That was. That is a pretty impressive repertoire of things that were actually used in the parks. Now let's get over to Bob Iger. The Marvel Cinematic Universe, as best as I can tell. Uh, consists of a uh, Gardens of the Galaxy attraction that is in Disney California Adventure, which I'll will be seeing soon, hopefully. Right. And uh, Iron Man overseas. Yeah. Anything else? Nope. We got oh. Captain America. 
Uh, Tron. We got okay. Thor. Well, we had Tron. Uh, Tron was made a long time ago. Has oh. nothing to do with any acquisition that he personally acquired. Mm. Anything, on, anything on Thor? Anything on Spider-Man? No, I think that's the Luke, universe. Can, yeah, can't use Spider-Man, can't use Hulk. Can't use, can't use Spider-Man east of Mississippi. Yeah, they still got to work that out. Yeah, I got to work that out. As far as yeah, being in the theme parks, yes, I, there's, there's not much I can really like throw out to Iger on that. As far as okay, so let's give him praise for what? Pandora? Who wants to praise him for putting blue people in I Animal give, Kingdom? Well, you know. Any praises? Nope. That Flights of Passage ride is pretty awesome, it's, but it's, that's about it. It could have also been Flights of uh, Dumbo for all I care. Thank you. Could have been Flights of Iron Man. That would have been awesome. Star Wars? Kind Look of sloppy some. seconds, wouldn't you say? Gotta see how. Yeah, see that's the trick, though. Yeah. Exactly. That's <laughs> you, what I was thinking. Yeah, you, like you said, you can't base it on something that hasn't happened yet. So yeah, that's that. That, that goes. Now, he, he owns it. He can do whatever he wants with any other character. He doesn't have to ask George for permission. But sure. say what you will, uh, Eisner forged that relationship with George a long time ago. Absolutely. Uh, we already covered Pixar. We've got the second, uh, what, 21st Century Fox, if that ever that, I, that that deal falls through. But what have we really gotten? <sighs> he really hasn't opened anything. Club he hasn't Penguin. done sh- <laughs> no, let, let, anything mean, with ESPN. When we get to the point of wrapping no, this ESPN up, ESPN is allowed to rot in the vine under Bob Iger. When we get to this point of wrapping it up, I just want to like go on like a the five minute tirade about like, <laughs> what. Well, fortunately, that's coming up next. So we're all oh, good on IP. Yes. Yep, Anybody IP. has any argument for Iger on IP? No, nah, I agree with you 100. percent Oh, I think Eli has to pee. Yes. How about <laughs> okay? All right. So now we're gonna give our final thoughts. On the Iger versus Eisner debate. In our which final has, category. Has not been much of a debate, has this? It hadn't been much of a debate, but it has been fun to vent. Yeah. So, upholding the magic. Or as I'd like to say, what would Walt do? Yes. Who so, is most like Walt? Who is most like Walt? I don't think this is a question, even. It's this is when you look at Eisner, I, I I don't know a lot of this backstory. I had to learn a lot of it. I just watched that movie, uh, Waking Sleeping Beauty. That's a which great is, movie. It's a great movie, things like that. So I didn't know about any of this infighting and this egos. Yes. And I didn't know any of this story. But I think Eisner definitely gets a bad rap as being not a people person for some reason. I do too. Um, and I don't get that, really, because he seemed to be the most connected to the parks. Yes. He seemed to be the most cared most about the parks. Mm-hmm. Um, than than anyone else. I don't. Just the fact that you would see his face on TV every Sunday, the the weekly movie or whatever day for the weekly movie. Just that he was out there in the like. I don't know who. I wouldn't know who Bob Iger was if I walked past him in the park. <laughs> you know. I mean, I guess I would because he probably had a bunch of plaids around him. But uh, other than that, I wouldn't know who he was. I remember Michael Eisner starring in the. Uh, the Muppets, when the Muppets first yeah. invaded and he was in the video and they were ripping apart his suit and everything like that, he participated. Again, not like Walt. I'm not comparing him to Walt because he's in. Yeah, I mean, you can't really can't compare anyone right. to Walt, really. Seriously. He's incomparable. But there was that part of him that was fine with getting on screen and making a fool of himself and having And being fun like a regular and, person. Yes, Uncle Mike. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so to me, like, that's the kind of boss I want. Yes. Like if I want someone to be my boss, someone that's going to get their hands dirty, someone that's going to, but, but it also understands that people like me, like the regular Joe, the guy that's staying at Port Orleans, that we need to have as much 
of the Disney experience as the person that's staying at the Grand Floridian club level. And, and that is, to me, and again, this is just my perception, but that's, to me, who Michael Eisner is. That's not who Bob Iger is. No. Uh, yeah, Uncle Mike, you, you felt like, cared about making sure that you got to Disney and had a great vacation yeah. with your family. Uncle Bob might outsource your job to India. <laughs> just saying. Yeah, we didn't even talk about the whole IT department. No, we haven't. You know, but so. that's something he did do. <laughs> yeah. So. I, I mean, will, it, it, Bob Iger will find any way to make a dime. He'll he'll squeeze a nickel until the buffalo farts. Yes. <laughs> so that's a hell of a fart. So I don't think there's any way that anyone can say that that Bob Iger is walking in Walt's footsteps. No. No, I look. I, I was waiting for Aaron to take over, but Aaron seems to be yeah, he's saving it up. He's, he's I was, I was, I was listening to what y'all were saying. I mean, yeah, I, me too. I'm, yeah, I'm like totally on it. I, I Have a Disney day. <laughs> Have a Disney day. <laughs> yeah, that died. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, to your point, I agree with it 100. percent The only thing I wrote in my like research and everything I put together, um, from my own experiences, on top of what I researched, is that uh. I think under Iger, things got better. I mean, I think under when Iger? you... Iger? I mean, excuse me, Eisner. I'm sorry. They're, they're too damn close. They did tricky names, <laughs> like a, right? A guy who's been drinking for three hours. So anyway, uh, under Eisner, I think things got better as, as his, his, his time went on. You know, when he started to where he got to, I think that he put in value uh, hotels. He put in moderates. Mm-hmm. He made it a place to me that Walt would say, my idea was not to make it a place for the elite. It was a place for everybody to come. It was a place for everybody to take part in. And everybody could take part in it in the in the way that their family could afford to take part in it. Yes. But I wanted everybody to be able to take part in it. You know, you may stay in a fancier room, but the guy who's in the park you know 15 hours a day does he really give a shit whether his room is real fancy he's gonna he's gonna push that aside to be there with his family so i think that um eisner pushed that and i think as Iger's got in charge you started looking at the cutbacks on dining plan mm-hmm. you look at the play with uh given the concierge and the value and the vacation club people the people that are spending big money there uh these advantages to get fast passes and different things. The $24 a night to park at a deluxe. I mean, like, who in the shit wants to do that now? <laughs> you look at all these things, and it's like, take advantage of the public. They're going to come here anyway. It's not a magical place. It's a magical place for me because I got a big, fat bonus waiting for me or whatever. The <laughs> there you go. I mean, that's, that's where I get with it. I mean, when I compare the two of them, I look at it like, you know, Eisner was the guy that fell in under Walt's deal. Uh, Iger is a guy that just fell under corporate deal. And that, mm-hmm. that's what you really get down to. There are two things to me that sum up Bob Iger's reign at the Walt Disney theme parks. One, bungalows. Yeah, <laughs> I got that in here. That's funny. $2,000 a night bungalows i'll never forget santa polynesian and and the bungalows weren't even complete and these guys were like hey we're gonna do a, a show from from walt disney world and just call in and give us a report on the construction of the bungalows now at this point in time we have no idea that bungalows are going to cost two thousand dollars a night we're all like oh bungalows that's it's kind of neat 
And they're like, go down to the beach. And I'm on the phone with Lee, and I'm on the phone with Kevin, and I walk down to the beach, and I'm like, I'm seeing them for the first time. They're still being constructed, and I'm like, they've completely destroyed the sight line for the average Polynesian guest from the beach to the park. You can't see the Magic Kingdom anymore. All you see is these bungalows. They've taken away the sight line. I mean, that beautiful view that you used to have is now... Owned by like five people. Yes. Right? <laughs> Thank you, And Aaron. they were all high-paid, big cheeses, probably Iger's like family members. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and Johnny Depp. It was the biggest, like, oh, my God moment that I ever... And then, again, I had no idea going into it until I saw the construction of them, and I realized what they had done is that they'd taken away the enjoyment that we had as a family when we would stay at the Polynesian, and Kelly and Emmy would stay on the beach, and they would play, and you'd have that great shot in the background, and it was gone, forever gone. Don't get me wrong. You can move up the beach, and you can get a shot if you can get beyond the island, but... It was gone. It was forever right. taken away. But, and, and that view was given to the richest of the rich people that you could find. The second thing that I think, so I mean, that's my first thing that I think sums up Bob Iger from a money perspective. And then, you know, that dude won't, he never left a dime on the table. The second thing that I would say about Bob Iger that I think sums up his reign over the Disney theme parks, I, I could say it in, in, in three words. American Idol Experience. (laughs) Sing it. About five years too late. (laughs) A little bit. That, to me, is Bob Iger. It's got to be such a safe bet. That it's too late. That it's by the time you capitalize on it, by the time you build it, by the time you've made it into something, the public has moved on. Much like Pandora, the public moved on. On And that's the thing. I brought this up at Gardens of the Galaxy. By the time we got the first movie, by the time we counted the sales of the DVD, by the time we freaking greened the sequel, and streaming on Netflix, are waiting for the Gardens of the Galaxy Epcot attraction to come. And, and that's a short turnaround in Bob Iger's time. Right. That's a short turnaround. I mean, there is a lot more things that, that sit on the, the pike for much, much longer. But the American Idol experience greenlit five years after the point where it mattered, to me, sums up his thinking, which is, okay, I'm comfortable with the idea. This is absolutely a moneymaker. Let's invest money in it. And by the time you do it, the fad has gone away. They don't even have the same judges anymore. People move on. Kids grow up. Fads pass. That's the thing. I mean, people, kids who were 10 years old, who had the toys and the Star-Lord mask and the dancing group, they are 17 and are far more concerned about than they are about <laughs> But there's a ride you need, right? Yeah. Well, hopefully you don't have to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> the Gamora ride. You don't have to pay for it. Don't we all? Yeah. <laughs> One way or the other. So that are, that's my two main things. The other thing I would throw into this discussion is I, you know, I went through and I tracked the ticket prices. Michael Eisner took control of Disney in June of 84. The ticket price at Magic Kingdom was $18, which I think we can all agree is undervalued. Within the first couple of years, he brought it up to about 28 bucks. 
And that was $18. It was $18 in 1984 to go to Disney World. By 1987, it was $28. By 1994, about 10 years in office, Michael Eisner was at 36 bucks for a ticket to the Magic Kingdom over in, in, in Walt Disney World. So if you go to 2005, the difference between the $18 ticket in 2005, when Michael Eisner left office, when Bob Iger was taking control, the price to go to Disney is $59.75 per adult. So with Michael Eisner, tickets went up by an average of $1.89 per year. Which, so it started at $18. When he left office, it was $59.75. Bob Iger starts out at $59.75 to this day. How much does it cost to go to Disney World? I can't afford it. About $120. Bucks. $129. Thank you, Lee. With tiered... Um, that's yeah. If you just want to go to Magic Kingdom, yes, yeah. uh, that is an average increase of five dollars and thirty-two cents per year under the Iger regime. That's crazy. I'm going to let that simmer for a minute. Well, I mean, just when no. I heard eighteen dollars, I'm like, uh, uh, that does not compute. No, I look. <laughs> I, I just. I mean, you, that, no, I, you can't. You can't open up. Animal Kingdom and Hollywood Studios and all this stuff on eighteen dollar tickets. He had to raise the prices. Yeah, totally makes sense. But oh. at two dollars. Less than $2 a year, that makes total sense. Now, let me ask you this. If he had raised his prices at the rate that Iger had raised his prices, would he still have that stockholder confidence and not been voted out and not been tried to push out and stuff like that? If you jump from $18 to $100 and something dollars. I'm like, not saying that's the right thing to do, but... No, I'm saying is that the number? Everyone loves Bob Iger that, has, that knows about money. Yeah. CEOs and money, Fortune Magazine... And Forbes, all yep. these other Forbes magazines, they all think he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. Well, let me tell you something, dude. Here's, here's my, and this is just my opinion, is the reason that, that that price increase went up by so much because, you know, everyone loves on Bob Iger. He purchased Pixar. He purchased Marvel. He purchased Star Wars. He purchased Lucasfilm, uh, I should say. Um, everyone's sitting there like, yeah, look at all this stuff that he brought in. But who's paying for it? The thing part going public right. that hasn't gotten a one goddamn decent e-ticket attraction. I mean, name this. What is the one attraction that Bob Iger did that can compete with one thing that Michael Eisner has done? I mean, the, only, the only Not thing one. that you can even hang your hat on on attractions is Seven Dwarfs Mine Train and Flights of Passage. Short experiences. Still, and that's it. Still, I mean, outside of that, there's complain. nothing major... That's like, oh, that is a badass ride. Yeah, yes. they still There's don't nothing. compare. But I mean, like, I, I, I just wanted to say this real quick because I know we're getting ready to wrap up. I mean, when I put the two up next to each other, right? I, I just want to, and, and I'm beating on Iger, but I'm only beating on because it's justified. Um, there's parking charges that went up, okay? There's constant price increases from the ticket sales that you just talked about to the cost of staying on site, whether it's value, moderate, or deluxe, okay? Mm -hmm. So just go with that. And I understand that, but the the, tick, the, the prices don't keep up with the cost of living, okay? The co it, it's way more, okay, percentage-wise. So it's not fair. Transportation's went to <laughs> We haven't. We, we didn't haven't even talk about transportation. Yeah, yeah we never. Right. We never talked about that. But let's just say because everybody out there that's listened to us knows that the the buses, the days of Eisner in the two thousand. But we got minivans. Two thousand six <laughs> days were. I used to 
when they were like five minutes late, like now I get worried that the bus will even show up. Okay. <laughs> so what are you coming? That's, that's real true. quick, Aaron. Real quick, what what Lee just said. He's right. We got many now. We got many vans, which means you can have your fixed transportation. Yeah, gotta you got to pay for it. You got to pay for it. Yeah, it's you like do, everything. Thank you. You do understand that. Isaac's got pay toilets in effect. <laughs> 2017, 18 year, right? Here I sit brokenhearted. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Everybody's gonna be wearing diapers now. So he has poor. He has poor performance on attract attraction additions yes. or upgrades. He has. Here's one nobody's talked about: an increase of safety incidents at the at the facilities. You're right. He had the mission space death. Yes. He had uh, monorail crash death. He had the monorail door open that y'all had an entire freaking show yes. on. Yeah. And alligators. Do we need to talk? <laughs> well, he tried I, to deal with that. I, I wasn't even going to bring that one yeah, up. Yeah, I read about that. that he tried one, to deal with that, that quickly. That one is horrible, but that one We happened. were there for that. We were. And I mean, your daughter, like as young as she was, was susceptible to the same thing that happened to the poor family that was there. On so my point beach, is, so my point earlier. is, I, yes. and listen, as a man that works in pest control for his company, you take care of the issues and you don't sit on your ass and worry about is somebody going to pay? And I know this is after the fact, but is somebody going to pay $24 for parking? Meanwhile, we got crocodile Dundee <laughs> out there ready to eat our <laughs> Children. Good day, Mike. All right. So my point is, you got a monorail that crashed into <laughs> oh. the back of another monorail and yes. killed somebody. You got people sending you guys fucking videos of doors open, and they're like, "Hey, check it out. We're falling out the monorail." You got the alligator <laughs> issue. You got mission space deaths, and I'm sitting there going. What is the cherry on this turd Sunday that I just created <laughs> for my life? And I had to think about it. I realized it was Mirimoto and the whole Pagoda <laughs> thing. That was a f- disaster. You should never. Have done. It always does. I mean, so when I wrap it up, I'm just sitting there saying, under Eisner, to me, it was a magical family place. Under Bob Iger, it's a slave labor, pay your f- price to get your f- place. It's losing its family atmosphere. It's just completely losing that. So the magic is dead as far as I'm concerned. It's dying every day. And if somebody doesn't do something about it, it's just going to die completely from my little family. That's all I'm saying. Look, Aaron, I, I got to give you props on that. that. That is a very excellently put together thing. I mean, here's the thing. And, and this is what we knew going into this is that each and every single one of these things, because you just touched upon downtown Disney and all I could come back to is how much better Pleasure Island was in, in Disney. Springs. Are you speaking the truth there? Uh, you know, when you didn't even touch on the cabanas, remember the cabanas? Do y'all remember that? I mean, Adventurous Club. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I'm talking about the cabanas. When yeah. You had the, Pay for shade. Yeah, you pay for shade. <laughs> yeah. And you had like a whole little thing, a tent set up in the middle of uh, Tomorrowland. I don't know. Lisa Monday had a great time, but I mean, that was the thing. The, to, to Bob Iger, there's nothing about Disney that isn't for sale. And that's what makes it so sidious. And, 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 and what is so great about, to me, what Michael Eisner did. Look, Michael Eisner made a lot of mistakes. There's no question that Michael Eisner made a lot of mistakes. The Disney Institute was a huge failure. Go.com was a huge failure. That's just bad timing. Disney was a huge failure. There is a lot of things that he did 
that did not work out. But the point of it is, is that he had balls. And he, when he believed in something, he said, we're going to do something. The man followed through with it. And if it didn't work, it didn't work. Whereas Eisner is so clean and so... Iger? I'm Iger. sorry. Yeah, you're right. Iger. Thank you. <laughs> Iger is so clean cut and by the numbers. And it's... it's it, by the time you get something that would resonate to you, it's five years it's past too the late. date. Yeah, yeah. Isn't it? Isn't that? Doesn't that go to your whole point when we talked about who follows in Walt's footsteps? footsteps yes. Walt took risks. Yes. Walt failed. Walt but, failed a but, lot. Yeah, exactly. But Walt always came back with something else. And if you lay the two next to each other and you say. How many times did Eisner's ideas fail? They did fail, but that's because he was a man that had the balls to take risks. Yes. And the bottom line is, Iger looks like he's so hesitant he doesn't take risks no. that nothing happens, nothing changes. And, you know, shortly we're all losing our pizzazz. And you're talking about people like pizzazz. that were rated the buy into vacation, vacation clubs. clubs yeah. I'm so glad I never did at this point. I'm like, Dude, it would have been a complete waste of time. I mean, when my when my sixteen year old is like, I was like, "What do you want to go do?" And he's like, "Dad, I already wrote all these things. Let's just go back to the hotel." Mm-hmm. Well, now I'm happy I'm in the deluxe because <laughs> I'm spending my time in the hotel because my kids doesn't have anything new to to do. And so these the things these things should be constantly changing. And within every five years, there should be major upgrades at every park if you want to keep people coming back. You know where the money's going, though? Pixar. $7.4 billion is what it costs to acquire the rest of Pixar. And, and, and what have we gotten in the theme parks because of it? Right. Next to nothing. Magic Bands, $1 billion. To have magic bands. That was have, that was a piss pot right there. When you know Now that we could all just have it on our cell phones, now we have magic bands. Lucasfilm, $4 billion. Four billion it costs to buy Star Wars, and we can't even get a good goddamn movie. <laughs> yeah, Rogue, Rogue One not included. Marvel, four billion. You can't even put it in your flagship. And Marvel, Marvel was already doing their own thing before he bought it. Mm-hmm. They were already having. I, I'm sorry, I just wanted to throw yeah. that out. Look, I don't know how many people know this, but. Marvel had bankruptcy problems beforehand because they tried to do their own distribution system. Yes. So they figured their own way to get out, make their own movies and, and whatnot. So they were already doing their own thing. So he didn't really save Marvel necessarily. All he did was just say, okay, yeah, again, it's a safe bet. And maybe he gave some other artists some jobs or something like that. Maybe they need to draw a submission and stuff. But yeah, like that does kind of kill me in a, in a sense. Like, I think Eisner would have taken that chance and said, hey, look, okay, you guys want to do the distribution. We could buy you. You already have property that works before they started, before Marvel, I should say, started selling their properties off to, you know, Sony and whoever else they could, or their licenses, I should say, to anybody else. I think he would have came in there and said, hey, look, let's give this a shot. Mm-hmm. That's how I want to jump in on that. No, so. that's all right. No, no. And, and look, by the way, Every new Pixar movie, every new Star Wars movie, every new Marvel film. Everyone marvels over the amount of money these movies make. 
No one stops to say how much did that cost to make? Yeah, a lot. Because when you're in the blockbuster business, you either have a blockbuster or you lose a ton of money. And each and every single one of those films is anywhere between 200 and 300 million to make. Mm -hmm. And now you're wrapping up the Marvel Cinematic Universe and you've got two attractions. I'm going to say it again. Two. Two. We'll have have more in about seven years. Huh? We'll have more in about seven years. We'll have more in about seven years. I'm, I'm sorry. Good about Lord, that. Yeah, seven right. years. I'd be too old and to even one go of there. The two, you got to go to what? China to see it? <laughs> yeah. well, I'm just joking. I'm saying, like, that's how long it's going to take before we even get in there. I, I know what you mean. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. It's just, it, it's poor usage. I, I, I think, Bob, I don't understand how this guy, except for the fact that he keeps, this is my opinion. This is sure. I, I have nothing to back it up on except for what I've looked at. Um, I my personal opinion is that Bob Iger is smart enough. I'm not saying he's a dummy because he's not. He's a very smart individual, but he's smart enough to be able to look at the fact that who is the most loyal Disney customer? The theme park goer. They will spend money hand over fist year after year after year. So why not plug those suckers? And that's what he's done. He has figured out a way to take as much of our dollars as he could possibly give with giving as little as he could in return, giving us as little of an incentive to return. I mean, our biggest incentive as a family, and I'm sure Aaron will agree with me, our biggest incentive to return as a family after a while wasn't to see this or to see that. It was to be there as a family because we didn't know how much more time we had left. Right. I mean, he 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 may be making money for his company, but he's failing in its succession plan because the bottom line is as as he gets out of his position and somebody else comes in, what's going to happen is... He's not setting them up for success. Yeah, yeah he's going to have my son and my daughter who grew up, and as they got older, they were like, man, Disney is sucking, you know, and they have... They listen to me bitch about how much more we're spending and what we're getting out of it. And they start getting more educated on it. Before you know it, they don't want to go. And no, like, I could attest to that. Right. My kid decided to go to do a homecoming as opposed to going on a Disney trip. Yeah. Right. And they start saying, screw Disney. And now all of a sudden, you start getting towards this time frame of the mid-2000s, and people start going like, I'm feeling like I'm getting screwed. Yeah. And, and and as they get more and more screwed financially, and it's more and more of a struggle, and they're like, do I pay my house note or do I go on this trip? <laughs> you start saying, screw Disney, and before you know it, it's over with. And now you have a, a generation coming up that's like, dude, Disney was cool when I was little, but Disney sucks. It's the same rides that were there when I was a kid. And there's no way I'm paying that kind of money. So he's he's screwed them in a in a succession basis because when he finally gets out of office, or even if he is in office, it he's going to start seeing it decline. I think he's yes. probably already started seeing it. I think decline. it is too, and I think that's why the prices keep going up because while well, theme park attendance is going down, there's no reason why a movie like Coco, it hit huge at the box office. It it it, it got way positive reviews by the time we got coco on blu-ray you know what you should have seen in coco coming attraction concept art for the new attraction coming to Epcot. yeah yeah 
should have been there on the Blu-ray with right. the new attraction scheduled to open and teasing the, the customer. That sounds and like it, Walt Disney. That, that sounds, sounds like something like he would have done. Thank you. Yeah. But now, I mean, we still don't even know. I think maybe two years from now, you'll probably get an announcement that Coco's coming and it'll be two years too freaking late. Yeah, he yeah. Iger seems like somebody can squeeze blood out of a turnip, yep. but he can't create a turnip. So the bottom line can't is like Walt, 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 Walt Disney <laughs> would have created six more turnips yes. he wouldn't have to squeeze blood out of the one he had mm -hmm. he would create and that's the whole deal when you get yeah. down to it who's creating stuff and who's not and and look you know is eisner Iger, or any of them walt disney hell no they're not but the closest one is obviously eisner because he actually did some creative stuff yes. and a lot of the things we still deal with every day when we go to disney all started under his reign, and that's it. And I mean, you know, that that's why I give the belt to him. All but, right. Well, that was a fun discussion. It only took us about three hours to have it, but you know, that's what happens when Kevin's not the host. Well, we we were we were unruly <laughs> ourselves. <laughs> a little bit. Hey, a I'm going to leave you with one thing. And if this does not convince you that Bob Iger needs to lose his job, then I do not what will. Do you realize that now there is going to be a Kel Churro? It's a thing. I didn't. It was I, I released was for you to say. Why the, are you so fat? <laughs> the actual Walt Disney Company released a video about there's going to be kale churros in Disney now. So if they if that man lets that happen under his watch, I think we all know where we're headed. And he still hasn't tasted a turkey leg. That's right. So wow, Bob Iger, cut that shit out. Get kale churros out of the park. I'm with you. Get on the that. kale out of here. Yeah. All right, Moicans. You know what that music means? It means you just sat through the best three hours of entertainment that you've ever had in your life. <laughs> I did it down for about an hour and a half. Hour and a half, maybe. But uh, thanks to Danny's wonderful editing. Thanks, Aaron, for being on the show. Appreciate you coming on, boss. I appreciate y'all having me. All sure the time. Your fans are real happy with that. So, um, My two I'm not fans. Gonna, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to try to be Kevin. I'm going to wrap this up and just say thank you all for listening. Um, you know where to reach us at... Mo Weekend. Right there. Mo Weekend. Boom. So, yeah, give us a call at 413-349-8747. Nope, that's my number. Give us a call at 815-669-4226. Uh, you know where to reach us. Uh, show at magicrway.com. Again, I'm not going to try to be Kevin. I'm not going to just read off script like some hosts will. But um, <laughs> Dude, are you disparaging our sick host who's in bed? I'm not, no, I'm, I'm disparaging someone that... He don't want to read all that. No, I'm, I'm disparaging other hosts that just read off a script. Yes. But, um, you travel. That's yeah. how you do. So anyway, you guys, appreciate you all hanging in with us. Uh, enjoy the show. Um, Eli, why don't you tell them what you do? Uh, I, I draw comic books. You know the story is all about the glory. www.ivorycomics.com. You can go ahead and see uh, links to this podcast. You never miss a beat. You can go ahead and see the art from Project Geisha, art from Savages, all kind of good stuff. Facebook.com. You can find me there. Facebook.com slash Eli Jiry. Always looking to meet new people. Project Geisha has a whole Facebook page. Facebook.com slash Project Geisha. Instagram. I'm on there too. EIV504. And as always, Twitter. I can be found at Hancock10166. So as always, appreciate the art and uh, appreciate the love. Thanks, guys. All right. And if you want to book a trip to see Walt Disney World before it implodes of, uh, <laughs> from being poorly managed by Mr. Iger, uh, you can give me a call at 413-349-8747. That's 413-BUFFALO-FARTS. 413-B-F-L-O-F-R-T.
You can email me at lee at magicourway.com. As always, check out the Facebook page at facebook.com slash travel. That's L-A-S-T-O-V-I-C-A travel.com. All right, and if you do give me a call, we'll get you booked up and hooked up with no Hasovika. That's right. That's how we do. So, my weekends, we say Kwaharini. I'm Lee. And I'm Danny. Good well, Kevin. Magic out. You have every intention of eating those bananas. I have every intention of eating those bananas for breakfast, but I still somehow end up with time. El churros. The necessities of Mother Nature's recipe. Hey, guys. Hey, you hear that? Yeah. Yes. You know what that is? Tony Bennett? It is Tony Bennett. Oh, man. Italians recognizing Italians. You know what song, <laughs> like that. What song is he singing? Well, the song that Lee couldn't sing when he was trying to do it for the Navigator. Oh, wow. <laughs> hey, but do you, do you know what I'm listening it on? This is Mad Hatter Radio, which is an ra- online radio station of Disney fan stuff that we have partnered up with, man. How you like that? Partners here on the Gulf Coast, Magic Carway and Mad Hatter Radio. Mm-hmm. Oh, creative buffs on radio stuff. That's like right. It. Yeah, it's good. It's another outlet. Uh huh. You know, it, 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 what's good about it? Yeah, let me tell you what's good. But you hear Tony Bennett. Mm-hmm. But you could probably hear Bare Necessities done by like a, a metal group, a heavy metal group. You could mm-hmm. probably hear a country version of this. Oh wow! You could probably hear like a funk version, James Brown type of. Hey! Give me Bare Necessities. <laughs> oh, get on, get up again. Oh yeah. You know? Hot tub. What you say now, <laughs> Disney? That's right. You can hear that all on the station, man. It's, <laughs> they don't just give you the normal spiels and 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 r- attraction sounds, but they give you. Every creative variation that other artists have taken to the standard Disney songs, like Tony Bennett right here, this yeah. little jazzy version of the Bare Necessities. You know. I'm thinking about Goodfellas right now. I don't know why. Bada bing, bada boom, bada bing, bada boom. Well, listen to this station, okay? It's good for you. It's good for me. It's going to go ahead. It's going to help you out. It's going to make me out. It's going to be really good. Okay. Man had a radio. Bada bing, bada boom. Just do it, huh?